get that precious room tone. All right, whenever you want to go. It'd be nice to just release an album called Room Tone. People, my people might not buy it. They might think it's actually Room Tone. Or is it Room Tone? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Or you just want that, that, that nice Room Tone sound. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, relax. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Sneaky Dragon. I'm Ian Boothby. And I'm David Dedrick. And we're doing this again. So uh, let's see what happens this time. We are on episode, I'll tell you, uh, 574. That's what we're doing. And uh, it's just going to be its going to be a delightful episode. We're going to do some uh, light spritzing off the top. Maybe we'll get into a little deeper conversation uh, later on when we reach a, a point where we feel uncomfortable. Uh, Dave's going to play some songs, and then we'll uh, take way too long telling you how to mail us and uh, answer some questions, maybe read some mail, and then we'll leave. And we'll go get a burger. Not, not with you. It would be nice to have a burger with you guys. But I don't think we can swing it this week. But, you know, another time, perhaps. But Dave and I will probably get a burger. Something like that. Anyway, that's what the show will be like. Oh, Dave's here. Hi, Dave. What's hey. Up? Hi. Wow, I feel like that was really inside baseball. Sometimes I think it's nice uh, at the beginning of a show to let people know what they're going to see. Just feel a little comfortable and it's yeah. like, well, what's this all about? And it's like, yeah, I'll just, it's going to be all right. <laughs> it's going to be all right. This is we, what it is. We don't traditionally, aside from uh, your vampire chat. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dark sh- uh, dork shadows uh, thing, and the uh, and the, a little bit of the re- redo of a sneaky dragon listening party. Aside from that, we don't really have segments, no. so people go into this like blind. <laughs> yes, and it could just be, like us. Yeah, it could be. It could be our yeah. normal talking about our favorite popsicle flavors. Yeah, and then from there, cherry. Uh, but but it could be like, oh, we're talking real serious stuff. We're really getting down. <laughs> yeah. with like the things that uh, tormented us in our youth. Uh, it might be that. What, what's it going to be? They don't know. And it, there's a, you know, now we're just, I just want to make them relax, make people relax before we get yeah. into this. But the great thing is we don't know either. Yeah, that's we, the mystery. We don't have a plan. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I'll have like a topic in mind to talk about, but then I never do anyway. Yeah, yeah. I got general things. And uh, yeah, I was watching um, that uh, Stutz uh, documentary. I don't know if I mentioned that on the previous show. Uh, on on Netflix, did I did I talk about that? What is all? it called? Uh, all right, it's called Stutz. Uh, S T U T Z. It's there's a uh, psychiatrist, therapist, uh, therapy yeah, therapist uh, named Phil Stutz. Okay. And um, Jonah Hill did a documentary about him because he's his uh, therapist. Uh, he wrote <laughs> he right? co-wrote a book called The Tools uh, with Barry uh, Michaels and. Uh, and yeah, and just kind of get into ways of helping you through your life. Anyway, why I bring that up is mm-hmm. there's three uh, certainties of life that he says you got to kind of accept. So birth. Okay, go ahead. Death. Yeah. And rock and roll. <laughs> rock and roll. Rock and roll, motherfuckers. I guess age, aging, would that be the other one? The three, uh, the three things you got to kind of accept, and if you don't accept these things, life's going to be really hard for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, one is pain. There's always going to be pain. Yep, that's true. Okay? One is uncertainty. That's where that's where we were just talking. So okay, uh, uncertainty and uh, constant work. <laughs> Those are three things. Yeah, yeah. And whatever you're going to be doing, yeah, uh, 
you know, those are three things that are going to be occurring through your life. So if you can accept those three things, uh, you know, well, whether you accept them or not, they're going to be happening. Well, that's the thing, yeah. But yeah. it's better to accept them as as the reality than rather to try to avoid them. Right. So if you're like constantly spending your life trying to avoid pain, you're trying to uh, have a, a real certain life and define your life. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I want to know everything that's going to come. Yeah, yeah. And then also, you know, just like, I, I don't want to work. I want to work as little as possible. Huh? If those are the three goals yeah. you've got or any of those are your goals, mm-hmm. uh, you're in probably for a rough ride, you know? <laughs> I, would, I think that's yeah. almost the dream of a lot of people is like, I'd like to win the lottery and then do what? I want to not work then. Like, okay, but there's going to be other things that are going to come up that are yeah. going to be work for you yeah. probably. Maybe maybe not the work that you dislike now. So maybe that is good. But yeah, so those are just three things. Then gives you some tools for dealing with things that I've that I that I quite liked. Well, maybe maybe it's not that those are certainties that you'll have to work hard, but. Maybe. Con- it's not that you have to work hard. It's that there will be constant, constant work. work. Okay. Whether you're working hard at that work yeah, is yeah. a different situation, but it's yeah. kind of constantly there will be work for you. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So even if you win the lottery, yes. you may not be doing the work you're doing now, but you will take on other tasks that will fill your time will be other this other work you yeah, cannot maybe it's dealing with your family is going to be dealing like with family or you, now you have all this money that you have to look after and you have got to like you know which sounds like yay which which you know to a degree sure yay. it is to a degree but then it depends what you do with it of course you know but yeah yeah no, I mean, I, you look at uh, yeah. You, again, you look at millionaires and billionaires, and uh, are they always happy? Nah, that's a much. <laughs> Probably not. That's a much. Yeah, yeah. Probably not. A, they got to, still got more to prove. They still got more to do. Well, that's it. I think that there's a drive in them that makes them become billionaires, or at least attempt to, and some succeed and some don't. Obviously. Yeah, you're trying to fill a hole, and if if that hole, yeah, that hole isn't something that can be filled with money, then you know it. Then it doesn't matter. I remember that when uh, Conan O'Brien uh, lost the Tonight Show, mm. and and he got like I think it was forty million dollars. It was like a severance or something like yeah, that. And yeah. Like, well, there you go. You're fine. No. And it's like, well, <laughs> yeah. that's not why. Yeah. He was doing it and yeah. got into comedy wasn't 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 for that you know the, he already was wealthy mm-hmm. so there's very little i think that you could do with 40 million dollars that you couldn't do with i don't know two million dollars what's the thing yeah that you could do oh finally you can travel to this no the moon like yeah and, and again when you get to be a billionaire that is kind of the thing is like well sure. i am gonna go to the moon all right sure. fine but i mean if your drive is the respect of people or you know to you know you know what I mean? if that's your drive to why you want to be a billionaire you're going to become a billionaire, and then you discover that you have, might have the respect of some people, but not everyone, is, which is what you want. Mm-hmm. You know, and so then, you know, you might end up buying like a social network. Mm-hmm. You know, trying to like like Friendster, like Friendster, <laughs> and then you don't have any friends. You're like, but I've got Friendster. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you might buy that, and then you know, and you're trying to like leverage that into like people's respect for you, and then. But that doesn't work either. What if? Yeah, I know. It's like you and you. You, you spend all your money on uh, bathroom walls. Yeah. Like now, I own all the bathroom walls, <laughs> and then everyone's writing on the bathroom wall that you're an asshole. I'm like, what was my own the bathroom walls? Yeah, I'm like, yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> that's, that's that's the works. ironic twist. <laughs> bum bum bum. Yeah, just a smash cut to Rod Serling's over at the side. And it's like, oh, where did he come from? Well, you you bought his corpse, you brought it back to life because you're a crazy billionaire mm-hmm. now. He's saying ironic things about you. But that's one thing they do talk about in the, in the documentary is like, you know, uh, people like Jonah Hill who, 
you know, uh, you know, if if your whole thing was you wanted fame and fortune, and yeah. this is the thing that a lot of like you know people have become famous, and it's like once I have fame and fortune, then I'm going to be happy. Yeah, and then you get the fame and fortune, and then you're not happy, yeah. and it's like oh shit. Yeah, what what can you do then? That's like that's like this, and again, no one you you're going to get no sympathy for anybody from anyone because you're famous and you're rich, right? <laughs> yeah, but you're still empty inside, and what what do you what can you do? Yeah. It just seems like there is no hope then because, you know, the thing that was supposed to make you happy didn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder, at the same time, though, like these certainties that you accept are the same. I think human beings hold two thoughts in their mind at the same time. One is, I'll use death as an example, but it could, you could use pain as well, which is, yes, I will die, but also I'm going to somehow escape death. So we have those two thoughts in our mind, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I can deal with the reality that I'm going to die. At the same time, I somehow think that's going to happen to me. Right. And that's just, I think that's how people are, right? So, you know, like we can accept it up to a point and then you just don't want to deal with that reality. And so you sort of shift to a, a different sort of like, well, you know, you never know. Or it's, you know, it's a ways away yet, you think to yourself. You don't and know. And you've got two, you got two weird feelings about death. One is the oblivion thing, which is just like, oh, that you can't even handle that in your head. No. And then the other, but the other thing yeah. is like, and, uh, you know, in the words of just a gigolo, life goes on without me. And like, you know, things will, mm-hmm. everyone's going to wake up the next day and mm-hmm. they're going to go to work and they're going to water their plants and they're going to walk their dogs. And that's, that's what happens the day after you pass away. Yeah. And, you know. And I guess, and I know this actually never occurred to me thinking about death. Usually it's the oblivion that I think about and the fact that, you know, I won't see a movie I want to see coming out in a few months or something like that. It's like, damn it, I'll miss such and such. But I, yeah, it's kind of like, like I say at my job, which is no one is irreplaceable. Like, everyone's replaceable. Mm-hmm. But then it's, of course, then you also have the dual thought, except for me. I'm not replaceable. <laughs> but I'm replaceable. And if, if they miss you a day, they're just going to, that, that vacuum gets filled up. But by the way, you, uh, you, you're not replaceable. Because no one's going to, no one's going to replace what you do exactly. Well, no, that's true. But, but there will be someone else. Doing There'll it. be another thing yeah. that will be there. It's like, yeah. are the dinosaurs replaceable? Uh, no. But here comes mammals, mm-hmm. and they're not doing dinosaur shit. Yeah, but they're doing mammal stuff. That's right. And now we're going on, but they're not a replacement. They're just, you know, they're just the new thing that just came in. Well, that's the thing. If I left my job, you know, three rat-like creatures would take over and do that job. What I did, right? By myself. In, in in one of your outfits, they're just going to be like <laughs> dress up like you. No, no, I just meant three separate. You know, individuals. I like the idea of a little rat-like creature sticking its head out of your shirt, and then it's on on the shoulders of two other rat-like creatures. I'm not so fond of that idea. You just hear, and then it's like, "Hey, Dave ate three hot dogs," and it's like, "Yeah, he always eats three of everything." It's very strange. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I it's like I I can see like I mean the hard work one is I guess that's true. Constant work, not hard. Sorry, constant work. I guess that's true. But I feel like there there is outs for some people from that. You know, if you're like, well, maybe not. Who knows? I don't think there is. I think I, I don't think, think there whatever, should be, but there might be. Even if you're okay, even if your thing is, I'm going to okay. Because have you ever been on vacation? Mm-hmm. You know, it's a thing about like I'm going to go on a vacation and relax. And you know how much work a vacation is because mm-hmm. you got to plan for the vacation. Yeah. Then you get to the vacation, it's just like, okay, here's the things we're going to do yeah. on this vacation. Even if part of it is doing nothing on the beach, <laughs> you've still got to plan. We're going to go to the – okay, mm-hmm. listen. Yeah. Here's what we're going to do. Yeah. We're going to buy tickets to get to the thing, and then we're going to 
do all this work to get to the place. We're going to drive to the place, and then we're going to relax on the beach, and then we're going to go back to the hotel. Yeah. Now we got to figure out what to eat. I'm going to make something. But we got to have relaxing food. We got to make sure things are relaxing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've had a lot of very stressful uh, things that were called vacations. And then yeah, your mom wanders off, and you got to find her. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, that can be it can be stressful. I mean, I mean. Yeah, I and guess then sometimes work is relaxing. The, mm-hmm. You know, sometimes work can be more yeah. relaxing than a vacation because sure. it's because it's often it's just routine. There's also little pressure to it sometimes. It's like mm-hmm. you know, your work, you know what you have to do and you're going to do it. Yeah. Whereas a vacation, you very rarely go on a vacation, so it's like, okay, listen, we're going as in when, when we were just recently, we're going to go to Paris. Yeah. Okay, what are we doing each day? <laughs> Because we're in Paris, because so we yeah. gotta we, we gotta see things. We gotta do something. Can't yeah. do something. Can't yeah. just sit around and <laughs> speak French. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, no, it, but the uncertainty and the pain. I, I yeah, I can see. Yeah, accepting uncertainty people. is a is a big is a big thing, and that's something I'm trying to work through. Is like because you know there's. Any time that you've got like the big plan mm-hmm. of just like here's how this is going to go, you know, and as they say, and then you hear God laughing in the background. <laughs> I te- I don't tend to plan very much, so I guess I I roll with punches. But you've got a you've got a pretty structured life, though. Like you know when you're going to work, mm-hmm. and you know you know, and it's sure. you've got a job that you go to regular. Mm-hmm. You go to you know, the gym on a regular schedule. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to visit, you know, your, your parents on at regular times that you know you're going to do this. And so it's not just like every day wake up and just like, okay. <laughs> sure, but uncertainty is dealing with the with the fact that all those plans will go will go away. Well something right. will happen to to make those things not work out. You know, you can be like like people left leaving work yesterday or the day before yesterday, who said, uh, I'm going to drive home and I'll be home in 20, 20 minutes. <laughs> and it took them two hours to get home because it snowed out. Yeah. You know, so that's the sort of uncertainty that we have to deal with in life. And some people can deal with that and kind of shrug it off. And other people get very uptight and it gets them very angry that they're not, that what they plan to do now has been destroyed yeah. because they're two hours late. So what, whatever they were thinking of, you know. Yeah, this... Uh... So it's the it's the it's the first today, and uh, and so this was rent day, and so this was a real rough one for rent. Mm. You know, we were able to like uh, work stuff out and work stuff out and pay enough and what have you that we're all right. But it was it was a real rough one. It was it was a very uncertain one, and I and it's also odd in that uh, this is this is getting close to the anniversary of a couple of medical things that happened last year. And uh, one of the things was, you know, if you listen to the show last year, and if you have, thanks for listening for a whole year. Wow. <laughs> um, but I, I had a fall and I had a concussion. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so this was kind of the first time this year that we've had ice on the, on the street. Yikes, is it icy out there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had to, like, walk and run some errands today. And being on ice, yeah, I was like, oh, there's a new phobia. That's interesting <laughs> to, to know. Uh, but it really did put me in the mindset of, you know, around this time last year, you know, uh, our big plan was 
oh, my wife's got a TV show mm-hmm. on FX. She's an executive producer on that. That's going to run probably a couple of years because, you know, these kind of things always run like uh, for, for a while. You know, I had a comic book, uh, the Exorcist's comic book. We had uh, the Sparks books and what have you. And, you know, uh, because of COVID, uh, you know, the TV show uh, got got canceled because of contract mm-hmm. uh, situations. Uh, the comic book got canceled because comic book stores closed and so you know the you know i was reason for that and then you know sales on the on the sparks books weren't as large as they would have been because book fair is also closed yeah so all of these things that we had were like we got three things going on Mm -hmm. you know and then all of them went away Mm -hmm. all of them went away and and we're like oh shit you know what the what the hell are we gonna do so we were like in that mode i was like you know what we'll figure it out you know we're gonna figure it out here we go and then i slipped on the ice and uh my brain didn't work for a couple of months mm-hmm. like i it was i i couldn't concentrate i was i had a lot of issues i had a lot of physical issues and and you know we we were like using up you know savings and we we're using up you know uh all of our resources and it all kind of came to a head this month mm-hmm. and so you know the the big you know uh-oh uh, of of it all go, uh, being kind of drained was this month of like you know but it uh, started last month and then of course it started with covid mm. and and yeah we had plans and then the plans went whoosh. and so it's it's been a thing of like accepting okay so you know they, you can't you, you you can't know what's 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 going to happen and then and then also this this week uh, speaking of uh, medical things, I went in for a, a colonoscopy on, uh, just a couple of days ago, mm. and that was because I had like some physical things happen to me a couple of months ago. They were like, "Oh, maybe that's not great." Turns out, okay, that's good. Turns out, okay. Uh, um, you know, I had like two polyps that got sent off, but they were very, very, very small, and that's just that's just what happens. There's always there's always that going on. Um, so. But it was one of those things where, like, in between that time, basically in the summer and now, well, maybe you don't know. You gotta, you gotta go like hope for the best. But you know, if something is not good, then we're gonna have to deal with it and deal with it. And I know a couple of people who are dealing with almost exactly that right now. So you know, it it was weird. It's like when I had uh, the thing occur in the summer, like that week, uh, I had been reading uh, the Facebook page of. You know, uh, 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 former guest of the show, Ty Templeton, yep. who um, has uh, colon cancer. And he said that uh, he was he ignored basically the same things that, you know, okay. I had happen almost immediately after he said, don't ignore these things. <laughs> and it was it was things like, you know, you got, you know, you got constipation, you got pain in your stomach. You got bleeding, you know, and he was like, eh, it's nothing. And, you know, <laughs> sure. and then it turned out not to be nothing. Yeah. So, you know, and then the, a week later it was like, hey, okay. So got got that all checked out, you know, set an appointment to get that checked out. Um, but yeah, it was, it, it's been, it's been like a mentally exhausting time. But a lot of, a lot of it for me right now is just kind of accepting that like, okay, Let's see what happens next and, mm-hmm. and deal with it as it comes instead of the big long plan is this, <laughs> which is what we what we had for many, many years was the big long plan was going to be a, a certain thing. And then yeah. the big long plan got taken away by a global pandemic. 
Who saw that happen? Who oh, saw that shit. coming? Oh, quite a few people. Did they? Oh, yeah, yeah. Shoot, shoot. Yeah, I mean, sorry, dumped a lot of stuff there. No, no, it's fine. Yeah, but I was just gonna say, I think it's, I think it's okay. I mean, I think it's good to plan. It's yeah, good yeah. To ha- it's good to have like ambitions. It's good to have. Sure, sure. But I think we also have to have that other thought in our mind that all our plans may not turn out the way we wanted. Gang might- after Glay. <laughs> gang out, they gang after Glay. That's mm-hmm. right. That is very true. Thank you, Macbeth. No. No? Is that Robbie Burns? Robbie Burns. Oh, shoot. Sorry. <laughs> They're both Scottish. They're both Scottish. <laughs> what do I... Yeah. You know. One stabbed a lot of people and one wrote poetry. <laughs> and stabbed a lot of people. That's the second <laughs> Really? Job. Yeah, it was the second job. Oh, know. okay. Yeah. Interesting. Didn't no. know that. No, I don't think he... I mean, metaphorically, anyway, don't worry about it. Uh, yeah, gang after Glay. I think that's true. Like, yeah. But uh, you have to... But you still have to have, like, some sort of plans or thoughts or things that you you want mm-hmm. you know i think if you don't then you just start sort of drifting well there's no there's okay there's a difference between plans and uh certainty well yeah i think that's the thing yeah 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 but i mean i, I don't well i guess we should make we shouldn't mistake our plans for a certainty that yeah <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be the warning there do not think that because you've made a plan that it's absolutely must happen it's it's still uh you know you're putting into the great god murph you know He's one who'll decide if these things are going to happen or not. And you know Murphy's Law. Right. So. The original name for the god Murph was uh, Shrumpf. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. The originally, uh, it was the it was Shrumpf. Shrumpf. It was Shrumpf? Yeah. yeah. It was Shrumpf, yeah. yeah. So it was a European. Yeah. That's the or- European origins of, yep. of Murph. Yeah. <laughs> Trump. Yeah. Oh, no. Wait. That's what it- <laughs> Okay. Yeah. You didn't see. Okay. That was the other thing you didn't see coming. <laughs> no you didn't see that reality show game show host uh <laughs> taken over for four years and was like oh well, that'll just be some light weird mm-hmm. stuff and he's incredibly racist what okay all right but i guess you'll deal with that also he's just crazy he's just <laughs> fucking crazy like oh okay i didn't know that I, well, I guess he always seemed like a little weird but sure but it's he was- just like if bob barker had like taken over and become president and then he was just like, you know, put all animals on the Senate, <laughs> Caligula style. His horse in the Senate. Um, but Trump is a good example of someone who obviously achieved something that most people aspire to if they live in the States. You know, that's when as a kid, they want to be president. And he got there and it was an empty, it was empty, you know. Yeah, he didn't get enough. He didn't get enough accolades, and he didn't get enough praise, and he didn't get enough attention. Yeah, wanted prizes. He wanted, wanted extra things. Right. He wanted someone to like come up and pat him on the back and say he, he did a good job. Do you know what it feels like with guys like like that? Uh, and there really isn't a lot. Well, maybe there are guys like that. It's like it comes down to a little bit of like no imagination. It's just like you think like if you had that kind of ability, like if you had that amount of power, and yeah. I know a lot of it isn't like you like the president has power but also not has yeah power. yeah uh but there's like but if you had a bit of imagination you know you could then have some fun with it like you could invite certain people to the white house that yeah. you like and you could see sure. you know have them do shows mm-hmm. and you know it, it just like you just there's things you, you can travel yep. there's things you could do you know that would just be interesting you've now got access to all these things and just like yeah if you're curious and mm-hmm. you have some imagination Wow, but if you don't, and all you want is like praise, and you're yeah. an empty vessel that needs to be filled, then you're then you're screwed. Oh my God, Here, you're screwed no matter where you go and what you do. Here's how little imagination he had. Like part of 
his running was to rebuke Obama for something he said at, you know, at a press a press dinner three years before or whatever. Right. The one Seth Meyers hosted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then when he got into the White House, he didn't even take out the basketball court and replace it with a bowling alley. It's like the ultimate, like, screw you. Mm-hmm. He just left it all in there. Because he'd have to bowl. That's the thing. Oh. There's no way you could like <laughs> just do it. Well, that's the that's yeah. He's too inept. That's the thing. He's not he's not good at sports. <laughs> no, you're right. Right. So like yeah. he'd have to like bowl, and then they'd be like, "Oh, let's see a bowl, Mr. President." And a gutter. <laughs> and I'm just like, "Well, you look like a moron, Mr. President." <laughs> it's just all has his gutter guards there. Yeah. <laughs> boing 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 one. <laughs> like okay, fine. I'm a tremendous bowler. A tremendous. Yeah. yeah, you can't do the uh, Kim Jong uh, Ung thing of just like he always gets hole in ones, nothing but hole in ones. <laughs> it's like you really got to turn off the cameras for that to uh, to fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of it, yes, you know, maybe that's right. Yeah, to, I mean, you get into like what the secret to happiness is. You know, a lot of it comes down to acceptance and uh, and uh, curiosity and imagination and mm-hmm. just like you know, you got to. You gotta like be interested in shit. Cause if you're not interested in shit, then no amount of shit's gonna like uh, satisfy you. Mm-hmm. Like, oh boy. You know, it's like, it's, and you know, nothing against burger loving folk, but like when you're, when your favorite like food is uh, KFC and, and, uh, and, and Big Macs, and it's just like, okay, but you know, you got access to the best food in the world, right? <laughs> you could try things and like, if you want a really good burger, they can make you a really good. All right, I don't want a well-done steak with ketchup. Sweet motherfucker. Okay, well, I don't know what to tell you, brah. You're not gonna. That's off the table. Fine. Mm-hmm. You're just like, <sighs> yeah, sweet, sweet. Ugh. <laughs> I, I hate to feel sorry for the guy, but mm. it's just, just then, like, yeah. Then don't. Okay, fair enough. Don't don't feel sorry for him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want your pity anyway, or maybe he does. I don't know. I can't tell what he wants. I think it might be. It's it's almost like having uh, like I, I again. He's a very thin skinned fella, but it's almost like a person with like skin that's too thick and they can't feel anything unless there's like a just incredible pressure on it, and, and that's what it feels like with people like uh, Elon Musk. Is like okay, he's got to feel something. All right, so what what do you do? I'm gonna buy Twitter and then I'll feel something. And mm-hmm. it's like. Okay. And then you see him and he's exhausted and sad and not having a good time. It's just, okay. You couldn't find any way to make this fun? Yeah. Like, you've got a social network now. Oh, boy. You could do a lot of stuff. You could put games on there. You could do, there's so much stuff you could do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, hey, stop making fun of me. <laughs> I'm going to charge people for blue check marks. Like, okay. Then that's then they're not real. Then you you're supposed to be a genius, right? Like what? I guess you're. Not, oh boy, yeah, it's too bad. Yes, it's too. It turns out the emperor has no clothes, which is it's both. It's you know it's sad, but it's also thrilling to be right. So I you know I'm I broke my arm last week, patting myself on the shoulder about all this. So it's uh you know all my predictions about Elon Musk coming true. It's so like, oh, this is great. Now Bitcoin's going to go down the tube so I can be right about that as well. Ah, oh, all those people who suffered so I can be right. Remember the first time I ever uh, found out about Bitcoin, it was at a Vietnamese restaurant and they had a machine that was there mm. and you could buy Bitcoin at the machine. Okay. I was like, what's this about? Yeah. And it was like, uh, and someone was telling me, oh, it's like a, a cryptocurrency or whatever. It's like digital money. I'm like, oh, no, I get okay. That's fine. And it was all the things and you had to keep your code. Pardon me. If you lost your code, then 
that was gone forever. It's like, oh, I don't like that. No. I don't like that at all. That's weird. What's the backup on that? There was no backup. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, that's, that's yeah. But it can go up. Oh, okay, so it's gambling. No, no. Yeah, that's, yeah it is. <laughs> it's it can go up or down. Then it's yeah. gambling. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. It's not actually money. No, it's like you know, like the stock market. Yeah, that's gambling. <laughs> stock market is gambling. Yes. You know, it's 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 you know respected gambling, but mm. it's gambling for, for crying out loud. And, you know, I was tempted to. I was like, okay, how much is it? And it was like way too much money. I was like, well, no, I'm not doing that. That's that's not that's not enough for a LARF. No. And what do you get out of it? You don't get anything. You just get a code. A code? Well, this, how is this not? This could be any kind. All right. No. Uh, no, thank you. It, it's interesting to think when you said that about uh, gambling, and it made me think of Wall Street. And then I was reading something, and I mentioned in, the, in this book that, like, Wall Street did not become, like something that people it didn't become like a thing until the 1920s before that it was very very uh niche okay but we always think of it as like this sort of like oh it's wall street it's always been there like the stock exchange it's always been a big thing oh no this is just like some thing some people put together as a way to make money and it's got a life of its own i guess and keeps on keeps on was there anything like it anywhere else in the world did england have a a a variation on that kind of thing or france or i don't know i don't really know uh the history of the stock exchange but they must have had stocks and stuff like that because because um if you read up dollop a trollop if you read trollops (laughs) the way we live now there is this like a financier who everyone is like you know uh beholden to and he's like this sort of uh god of of finance you know and everyone wants to be on the board of his of his company you know because he's he's going to be making he's going to be build, putting a train across the united states or something like that and and so everyone's like buying stocks in this company but i don't know if there's like a an exchange where they were where they were traded at that time or whether it was just you bought stocks in a company okay say you're uh, back in the oldie days and i guess okay. you're a fictional character yeah say you're scrooge okay okay so so Scrooge, yeah. uh, where's his money? Like, is it in a bank? Well, a, and it's I think just he's, a, he's a, I think he's, <clears throat> well, he is, there is an exchange, isn't there? Because that's where they talk about him being like, you know, like on the steps of the the exchange, right? That, where sounds, they, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, there's something. But it's just, yeah, does he invest in things? Does he have? He must invest Like, in it's things. not all just in a bank or, you know, he hasn't well, got it in his house. But a, but a bank, just break a bank doesn't keep it. money in itself either. A bank takes your money in and invests it, right? So a bank mm-hmm. invests in things that make say ten percent, mm-hmm. and then they give you a return of two percent on that, on that, on what they make, right? So they their plan is to make more than you will get back from them, and that's how they make their money. Oh, as long as ch- was charging you for everything you do with the bank, right? That's the other way they can make money. But yeah, so but I would imagine so what was okay. So Scrooge ran a counting house. What was that? What's a counting house? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. See how is always a miser that runs accounting. Yeah, what I always imagined was that he's a lender, that he lends money to people, and then you know he just keeps track of all the various debts that he he has. People owe him, and he spends his time, you know, being paid back for this these these various loans and stuff like that. And that's how he makes his money. People are talking about that here. It says uh, it seems uh, the counting house is a function or department that exists within a larger establishment, basically the bookkeeping or accounting department. Okay. Although that's not the case with Scrooge and Marley, it seems likely that the firm at least offered accounting and bookkeeping services. I see. Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah, it's a function, but not its entire business. I see. Yeah. 
But I am kind of curious what uh, what the business uh, did. Yeah, and like how because they ripped to, people off clear, clearly because well, you know you yeah. ended up in hell. You know, but it's not least. that they it's not that they ripped people off. I would say that they exploited people. They exploited people's need and stuff like that. Right? Like you know, like money lending in those days was absolutely terrible because you know if you owed money, you could be arrested and go to debtor's prison. Mm-hmm. Which seems like counterintuitive to like how you could pay back <laughs> the debts that you have. Is that now you're in prison? But you were in prison apparently, uh, supposedly until your debts were paid. I don't. I don't understand how that, how it worked at okay, all. Okay, Marley's ghost called it a money changing hole. Yeah, which could be the same as a counting house. Uh, yeah, but so, money changing is different, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the kind of thing that gets you uh, uh, Jesus mad. It's the one thing that makes Jesus mad. <laughs> That's his kryptonite. Money changers, yeah. yeah. He's, mad, he's mad about that. Doesn't like it. So, uh, yeah, and uh, Cratchit was a clerk. A clerk at the counting house. Sure. Yeah, I'm not really sure what the heck Scrooge did. Hmm. But he well, did a job that made you go, huh. he, he did. He did scribble on a piece of paper with a quill pen, so... Yeah, that's basically He's doing it. something. Like, there was they didn't have guests, like ledgers. And stuff one like that. nice, one not nice. Yeah, uh, I know there was a coal stove that yeah. was never full of a lot of coal. Mm. Mm. It seems like it seems like a pretty small small scale business. Like there's not even a scrivener there. That's crazy to me. Where's the scriveners? Mm. That's what everyone's asking. <laughs> like there had to be someone who would like write out in fair copy. You know the the day to day doings of the business. Yeah. Like there had to be someone. I don't know. Maybe that was Cratchit's job to like rewrite everything into like the books so that they were yeah. neat and organized, not just kind of scratchy scratchy. You know, it was a good uh, job back then was making those uh, big quills. I don't think that everyone, was a, everyone had I those. That was a good job. Absolutely, everyone had those. <laughs> the all the giant quill yeah, yeah. pens and just. But with, like, you would make them your big uh, looping. Uh, gestures with it, and uh, you'd see the feather flop around. And you know the feather would like fall. People, like, would, fall people would make them themselves, though. That's what a pen knife was for. So they'd go out and they'd uh, find a big bird. Well, no, they'd buy like the the feathers. And oh, then so you go to the feather house. You go to a feather house, yeah. Okay, well yeah. then working at the Mr. feather house, Mr. Feathers. You go okay. to that place, yeah. And that was one feather of the many. Depot. Feather Depot was another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Grand and feathers. <laughs> feathers and feathers. Let's keep going with this. Anything? Can you think of any other one? Uh, Trying to find a pun on staples? Can't think of one. Can't think of one. Can't think of one. There's no riff on staples with feathers. (laughs) That's too bad. It is too bad. Yeah. So people would make their own uh, quills. Yeah, yeah. Because they would like they would cut they would cut the end and they would cut it how they liked it. You know, and then and some some feathers were better than other feathers, obviously. And then and then you know they'd be doing their writing or whatever, mm-hmm. and then there'd be like birds at the window that would look in and go like, "What the hell? I don't think those they're birds. writing with our ass." <laughs> like what's what's going what's on? That, what's that yeah. about? Yeah. Like you're not going to believe this. Yeah. 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 That's right. And all these birds are, then they look back and they go, "My ass!" They mm-hmm. just suddenly notice there's no feathers there. Yeah. How did they get them when I wasn't? I wasn't even looking. Yeah, and then they turn to each other and go, "Remember when we used to be dinosaurs?" I know. <laughs> then the mammals took over. Well, that's that's certainty for you. <laughs> we, were, we were sure that we were going to have it, a... and I was sure I was going to have my ass feathers for the rest of my life. You know what? I'm going to complain about this, but where to get a pen? Wait, I've got an idea. Pluck. <laughs> and that's when they go into the business. Yeah, maybe that's what they did. Yep. The feather, feathers was just a feathers depot. Yeah, it? we're going to give you the freshest feathers right from my butt. Also, I, would you like some eggs? What? No, this isn't good for the business plan. Well, we've got extra eggs. I guess this place would also sell parchment paper as well. Probably. 
They had a parchment and quills. Yeah, that was. Their- I wonder if Marley uh, ever ran into other people with uh, chains and uh, lock boxes. And it was yeah, because like, remember when when you look outside the window? Well, there's the doomed. But they're the same as him, right? They're like people who are trying to. Yeah, they're trying to help that that woman in the street, but they can't. Their their efforts are to no avail. They've they're they're yeah, just like him. In, that's interesting. Yeah, I was like think like, well, at least they're trying to help her. Maybe well, get a but they can't. They, I know, but like they're going through the the gestures. Give her but a couple. Of, give give them a couple of points. You know, <laughs> for points trying. off the sentence for, for trying. Uh, for yeah. trying. Yeah. Sure. You know, come on. Let's you know a little slack. But yeah, if they all. But I'm just wondering if they all have their. Uh, ironic punishments like he of course because he works in a counting house whatever yeah. that means so he's got boxes of money mm. like around him chained to but yeah. do the other ones like if there's a fishmonger who never like shared his fish yeah you know with the poor and like he's got fish on chains <laughs> he's like the stinky guy who they're all like avoiding and everyone's got their own thing yeah. like the blacksmith has like got anvils and he's mm-hmm. like fuck me like why why did i get into this business <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, exactly. I don't know. I guess. I don't I'm trying to think of the best thing you could have on chains. Just like a guy who used mm. to... Uh, Sell balloons. Yeah. And so all the balloons are like floating the chains <laughs> up and he's fine. He's, he's just floating over them all. And it's like, guys, I was a corrupt balloon maker. <laughs> oh, the people who plummeted to death for my shoddy balloons. Yeah, but now I've, I've got this love. Oh, wait a second. I got shoddy balloons and they fall. <laughs> and that's the ironic punishment on him. <laughs> There you go. There you go with ghosts. As a counting house. It's funny how, we, well, it's funny. Like, when I read a book, I hardly ever look at words in the dictionary. Oh, they're going to say, I hardly ever look at the words in no, the book. No, no, I hardly. I, I just look at the pictures, and then I shut it, and I go, I read it. Yeah. I just feel like I'm perfectly happy with the con- contextual understanding. Sure, sure, sure. It's a, like a conversation. You go, hmm. Yeah. You don't go, wait, 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 wait. wait. It's right. It's pretty, what Leviathan. <laughs> please, please give me a definition. No, um... I will sometimes do that with my e-reader, though, because it's so easy to just, like, you know, highlight. You just put your finger on the word, and then it'll give you a, a definition. But mostly when I'm reading a book, I'm just like, whatever. Close, I, you know, I can figure it out from context. And I guess I feel the same way about Counting House. You know, I didn't, I don't hear Counting House and go, I got to look up what that is. I just feel like we know what it is. It's a place where people, two guys are miserable all day with very little coal in the, in the, in the fireplace. That's it. That's a Counting House. Done is done. It'd be funny if you uh, had the story of Scrooge. This is the scene I'm thinking. And uh, unfortunately, I've already written a damn Scrooge play with people, so I can't write another one. Um, A Twisted Christmas Carol. If you get a chance to see it, it's enjoyable. Wrote about three (laughs) jokes. One about those doomed people that uh, were wandering around. Yeah, there you go. Uh, But it'd be interesting... To, to have, like, uh, you know, the ghost of Christmas past. Yeah. And it's like, Scrooge, we're going into the past. And you go into Scrooge's past, and he's there at Fezziwigs, and just looking around, just going, look at this old technology. <laughs> Things are so different now than uh, they were then. We live in the future with futuristic. Yeah, yeah. You know, th- it's like everything's exactly the same. Exactly. There's no, yeah. not a lick of difference. <laughs> Fashion's exactly the same. No change. Hmm. That's true. That wouldn't be quite the... I guess the dresses would be different. That would be about it. Mm-hmm. I don't think men's clothing changed very much through, through through that time period. All I know is, like, according to that play, people were happy in the past. And then in in the present, it's a bit, bit freaking rough. <laughs> in the future, everyone's an asshole. They all become an asshole right quick. Yeah. Though I'm not sure, like... Uh, I don't know if that's true, but... 
You don't. You don't know. Well, they're all jerks in the in the future. They're not jerks. They just don't care. Except about, for Cratchit, who family, yeah. who's just sad. Yeah, the, the people who are like going to the, you know, stealing Scrooge's furniture and all his worldly goods and selling them. They're just doing that because they he didn't pay them anything. So this is the only way they're going to get any money. Oh, they, oh, wow! You're very forgiving of those uh, those folks. And then they, for you. and also they hated him. So yeah, yeah, yeah. screw him. I'm going to yeah. take his bedclothes and whatever else I can grab before before they come to lock put the lock on the door. So in the back and the and the old timey days with Fezziwig and whatnot, mm-hmm. uh, does, do they care about the poor? Like is Fezziwig and we'll save some food for the poor? Is there anything like that, or is it just like we're having a good office party and it's fun because <laughs> it's like you know he's a good guy, yeah, everyone's yeah. having a good time. Mm. But apparently things are good, like. Like, business is good. Yeah. And then, you know, I don't know how business is, like, in the days of Scrooge himself. You know, people are, like, asking for a lot of money and whatnot. Uh, did times change? Or is, is things still generally cons- consistent as they were back in Scrooge's day? You I mean, mean, I'm it, asking you questions that you probably don't know the answer <laughs> I to. I don't know. But I'm going to, I mean, I don't think, like, the, the, the point. The is the same as the pr- present. But the point of the whole Fezziwig thing isn't giving money to the poor. Right. What's it's, Fezziwig's good thing? What's him? Well, that he treated people as, as people, not as, as automatons. Sure, sure. You know, like, Bob Cratchit is just a, a put-upon, unfortunate person who works for a big crabby jerk. Who doesn't even, like, uh, you know, uh, in, you know, um whatever the word is, can't think of it now, but who, who, you know, is, feels like, feels like it's, he's being put upon to have to like give him a day off for Christmas. Mm. You know, really he should be working on Christmas day, mm. you know, but even though Christmas didn't mean much back then, I yeah, mean, but the it was, that, but it was like made a, Christmas kind of the big deal that it was, mm-hmm. was this story, but it still was so a, clearly Bob Cratchit and yeah. Scrooge had not read a Christmas Carol because they're in it. So like but, there was but, nothing, but there. it was still a holy day. Yes. So it was still a day off, the same way Easter would sure, have been sure. a day off. Yes, it wasn't like the giant orgy of consumerism that we we all love nowadays. But it was still like a, a special day, mm-hmm. and so people would take that day off to feast and stuff. But it was a feast day, right? And so, uh, but still, uh, the uh, the butcher shop would remain open. So the butcher did not get a day off on Christmas Day. I guess he could have done what he wanted. Maybe, but it's like when 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 Scrooge is doing the boy boy. What mm-hmm. day is it? Mm-hmm. It's like uh, you know, is there still that goose in the window? Yeah, there is. Okay, we'll go buy it. Well, I guess the the butcher didn't get a day off. <laughs> no one who works at the butcher got a day off, and yeah. this seemed to be a big thing. Is like people need a day off, but mm-hmm. they don't get a day off because if you work at the butcher shop, sure. But maybe I mean, it's a big day for him. So like, you yeah, know, I was gonna say he could take another day off. Do you think if he, he wants gets Boxing Day off? He, he could take any day he wants off. It's his shop. A butcher? Yeah. How do you? No, a butcher has to like be open. Doesn't have to be open. Why? Why does it have to open? get to make their own rules? Everyone gets to make their own rules. No, they do not. If they're if you're self em- England? if you're self employed as a butcher, you don't you don't have to be open one day. You don't have to be open every day. I don't know. It seems like it's but like, as you say, this is like a big day. You're so. saying like the butcher could like afford to take a full day off? And yeah. Does he pay his staff? We might just be him. Might just be him. Yeah. Well, maybe. I don't know. I don't know how big. Like his, just to see the story. I don't know how big his shop is. I like to see the story of that butcher, and the, <laughs> and the, and the butcher's the whole thing is just like, you know what? I spent the money on this huge freaking goose, yeah. and I'm gonna eat it, and I'm not gonna. As in, like, I'm not gonna eat the goose, but like, I, I spent the money on this goose, and it's gonna break me. Yeah, it's gonna break me now because no one <laughs> bought the giant goose. Sure, and he put it in the window. It's like maybe it'll sell, and like, yeah. nope. 
And it's like Christmas. He's so sad. <laughs> you know, he's so sad. He's got nowhere to go. He yeah. can't afford Christmas. Can't yeah. afford presents because no one bought the goose. Mm-hmm. And that, he put all his money in the goose. Yeah. And he's like, eh, it's just there in the butcher shop, sad. And then the little boy comes up. But that's the thing. Like a little urchin comes in. He's the like, urchin, ugh. Like, ugh, urchin. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and he says to the urchin, this is what he says to the urchin. Yeah. He goes just like, hello, little urchin. Listen, let me, I'll give you some, I'll give you some meat. I'll give you some cooked meat. Yeah. And the boy goes, no, shut up. I got money. And it's just like, what? You got urchin bucks. How the hell did you get money? What Are yeah. you a pickpocket? Do you work for that Fagin character? It's like, no, but the same author. So th- you're not far off. Um, it's okay. just like, I want to buy the goose. What? The one as big as you? Yeah. How the fuck are you going to carry it? It's as big as you. We've just established. No, no, no. He will have it delivered. Oh, uh, delivered. That boy doesn't doesn't take the doesn't goose. Doesn't take the goose? goose the crack ratchets. <laughs> so the boy doesn't cook the goose? No. All right, fair enough. He All just right. he just pays for it for so Scrooge. Wait a second. Let me let me run this. Yeah, so yeah. tell me this scenario. Yeah. Boy is doing his urchin business walking by. Yeah. Not just being boy business. He's just boy business. Yeah. He's just, just some he's, boy business. He's got a stick in a hoop. And yeah, he's going yeah, I was by. going, oh, that's exactly what I thought. That's all they used to do back then was just trying to have a stick in a hoop. Yeah. They're just like, my barrel. I was like, oh, I was uh, sticking and hooping. I was like, my stick. Uh, and so Scrooge goes, uh, hey, go get uh, that goose. Here's some money. Yeah. And there's a fine shilling in it for you if something. Like if you're quick about it, mm-hmm. something like that. Sure. Okay. So he goes and uh, and I guess he keeps the change. I guess that's what he does. Sure. Or does he return the change well, to Scrooge he... and then gets a shilling and in uh, in return? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. Like how this situation goes. Mm. But the boy could just come back and just go. I got the goose. And it's like, <laughs> oh, here's a shilling for you. Yeah. It's like, wait, is that still my dollar in your pocket? I was thinking and... that too. So maybe the goose comes back to Scrooge's and then Scrooge sends it on to the Cratchits. Maybe the boy does take this. So there's movies. a delivery system in play. Well, yeah, they had delivery. So the delivery person doesn't get Christmas off. He doesn't get off Christmas either. off either. No, no. Just as just Who the as the hell gets Christmas off. Well, just, pe- just people have to work it. on Christmas even now when apparently it's the most important thing in the world that people okay. not work on Christmas Day. There's people who still have to work on Christmas Day. All right, fair enough. Like if you want to go to your if you want to go to your uh, say you're gonna on Christmas Day you're gonna go to your sister's for for dinner. Okay. How do you get there? We we uh, drive. Oh, okay. Okay, end of story. Well, I was just thinking, like, you'd have to take the bus or... <laughs> well, you could take the bus. That's right. And the bus driver works bus on driver Christmas. Bus driver works it. Or take a cab. The cab driver works on Christmas. This is also true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's people who have... People who, unfortunately, we can't stop the world for what, for that day, so... You know, why does constant people, work? It's exactly right. It's constant work. Constant work. I mean, I'm lucky. I get a, I get a week off at Christmas this year. I get my... I get a couple of unpaid days off, but that's nice. fine. I'll take them. I'll take it. You don't get paid for it. Do you, oh, you don't get paid for it for a couple of days, just to make it make it for, make for a week off. So wait, you don't get paid that week. I get paid for my holidays, for Christmas oh, Day okay, and, right, and Boxing right, good, Day. Because otherwise, and, and your boss is worse than Scrooge. <laughs> in January first, I'll get paid for those days, but I won't get paid for a couple of days of that time off. Do you think and that is okay? Okay. So why? Okay. So. All right, so in It's a Wonderful Life, um, there's a whole bunch of discussion at the beginning of It's a Wonderful Life mm. uh, with the with the angels in the, who are stars in the sky. Yes. And they're like, have you heard about George Bailey? Oh, no, Bailey, yeah. what's what? I haven't heard that name. <laughs> oh, Bailey, he's having a hard time. And, like, yeah. and then they decide to help Bailey. Is he not coming home? I, I'm worried about Wait, I think you're thinking Bailey. of Bill Bailey. We're talking about George Bailey. Oh, sorry. Oh, that's right. Uh, and so uh, they send an angel down to help. Yep. So, uh, why did Scrooge make the cut 
to get like three spirits. <laughs> Whereas yeah. Marley, unless Marley also got the three spirit deal. I think it's Marley who who arranges this for him. Oh, you think Marley's deal? Yeah. Well, that's nice of Marley. Well, yeah, because he wants to save Scrooge from his fate. That's why he visits him. And he says, you're going to be visited by three ghosts. Right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah, I just wonder who made the call there. I think it was Marley. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Good for Marley. I... Again, Marley should like lose at least one of those uh, boxes. I think so, too. Yeah, yeah. But who knows? Maybe, maybe after that, he did lose his boxes. I like to think that, especially, as I've said in the past, if he's goofy. Because it really bothers me that Goofy is damned to hell. Well, he's, he's not Goofy, but I guess he can be. Well, he's Goofy. Who is he in the Who in, is he in the Muppets? Uh, Christmas oh, it's Carol. Uh, it's Statler and Waldorf. They're uh, they're uh, what's 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 Marley's first name? Jacob. It's Jacob and Marley. Oh, I see. So they are he divi- they divided Jacob mm. Marley into two characters. You know what? I don't mind. I don't mind if those and here's two how it goes. Are. We're Jacob and Marley. Woo! <laughs> We're Jacob and Marley. And you know what? Mm. I can see those guys in hell. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine with me too. That's fine. Them being heckling ghosts, 100%. (laughs) But it bothers me in Mickey's Christmas Carol that Goofy, and again, you've even drawn a lovely illustration about this, Yeah, uh, that Goofy is damned to hell. Because first of all, Goofy... You know, in, in, is a widower. That bugs me. It's like Goofy's the only one. He he got married, had a children, uh, had a child, and uh, it really feels like his wife died of a disease, mm. which is like wow. But isn't this a different Goofy who's play, who is uh, Jacob Marley? Oh, what are you what are you saying? I'm just saying that it's a different Goofy who's Jacob Marley. Oh, so okay, so you're saying uh, like the Scrooge. Uh, duck in uh, the Christmas Carol yeah. is not uh, Scrooge McDuck. It's just a Scrooge-esque duck that l- resembles Scrooge. I'm just saying it's a different Scrooge McDuck who's playing, who is... Well, now this is... The, okay, so uh, Goofy has an interesting uh, history in that he is also George Geef, sure. uh, who is uh, more straight... Yeah, but that's not Goofy. Understood. He's more straight... Well, eh, is he? Because like... <laughs> If you watch the beginning of the cartoon, it mm. says a Goofy cartoon. Sure. There's a picture of Goofy. And then we start into the story of George Geef, oh. who looks just like Okay, Goofy. so that's interesting. So actually, Goofy is an actor who's playing Jacob Marley. Possibly. He doesn't actually have children. He's playing an, a character. Well, maybe. In a later okay. a later story about this this Goofy person, I put it in quotations, this Goofy person had a has a child and and well, and he lost his wife. Where I'm going that with, character. Where I'm going with like Goofy uh, George Geef is George Geef doesn't really sound too much like Goofy. Like he's more straight laced. Yeah. He's got a you know he's uh you know he he's got a job. He he does a lot of stuff. He's not Goofy esque. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the he goofy, smokes. He drinks. He that's drives, right. He, he does. drives very regressively. He does. Uh, whereas the Goofy, who is uh, uh, Marley, is <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, it's a different it's character. Like, oh, damn to hell. Whoa. Sure. sure. That guy. Uh, but you know, uh, Edgar Bergen played Mortimer Snurd. Okay, if we're doing that, and you're telling me <laughs> yeah. that Goofy is an actor in yeah. this world, yeah. uh, I got to say, it's not Goofy then. <laughs> yeah. I think then it's Dippy Dog. Because we're going all the way back <laughs> okay, to Dip, Dippy uh, Dog Goofy's is the original appearance is yeah. Dippy Dog, sure. And then they made his change, made him change his name at Ellis Island when he was uh, <laughs> when he came over when he was becoming a yeah, citizen. Yeah. The uh, the person writing his name down couldn't figure out how to write Dippy Dog, so he said Goofy. Yeah, you're just Goofy. Yeah, Goofy. I can spell that. I can't spell this Dippy Dog thing. And then and then he goes uh, uh, and he says like, uh, "Who are you traveling with?" 
I'm alone. He goes, Goofy Solo. I'm like, what? I don't, know. I don't get that reference. You might one day. Maybe one day. It'll still make no fucking sense in the Star Wars universe. Oh, that bugged me. In <laughs> I, just don't, I don't know what you're talking okay, about. Okay, did you see the movie Solo? Yeah. All right. So, so Not all of it. Han's, I missed, missed Han, the, of the bit Han of the beginning. Solo is, is crossing some sort of you know, border Stream? type situation. Oh, okay. And then, what's your name? And it's just like, you know, Han... Han, what? You know, who are you traveling with? No one. All right, Han Solo, and uh, so he names him Han Solo and writes oh. that down. I know it's awful, but the other oh, problem I with that, that that is so stupid <laughs> in the Star Wars world. It's the same problem with, uh, you know, you know, uh, what's your name? Ray, Ray, who? And then she says the last name, and that's probably the, the end of the thing. I don't want to ruin a movie for you, but like, what do you mean, Ray, who? No one goes like. What's your name? Chewbacca. Chewbacca who? No, people have one name in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. You know, what's your name? Yoda. Yoda who? Just fucking Yoda. That's yeah. the name. That's the name. They just have one name. Sure. Did- so why are you thinking that there's like two names for everybody? Mm. That kind of bit doesn't work at all. It makes no sense. And you've done it twice. And smarten up, Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> C-3PO who? <laughs> Isn't C, isn't three PO his last name? Oh, do you think his first name is C? Yeah, short for Cecil. Cy. Cecil. Cecil. P P P P P O. Cecil three PO. Yes. Cecil three PO. Yeah. Yeah. And my name's Artie. Art. Artie D two. <laughs> yeah. His name is Art two D two. Yeah. Yeah. All makes perfect sense to me. It makes such an amazing amount of sense. <laughs> By the way, here's a little simple thing for R2-D2. Okay. Get a printer. Put a printer on you. Then you could print up what you said. And then instead of... Boop, 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 and people are like, what are you saying? Wait a second. No. Like, just print, print no. it out. No. no. And then you could just read it and just go, oh, no. he's saying we got to go do this. Because that would be like any person who <laughs> any person who didn't speak your language, then you'd just be like, well, why don't you just have a printer on you that prints out what you're saying? Oh, because uh, it's usually life and death. With R2-D2? Yeah, it's always a life and death situation. And he's trying to tell you that like uh, Darth Vader's coming to kill you. But you can learn his language. Eventually they do. Because C-3PO can speak it, but other people... Well, C-3PO's whole deal is he can speak all the languages that there are. That's his whole thing. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm like a protocol droid that can speak, you know, a thousand languages, which is great. But everyone talks English, you know? <laughs> everyone, like, hears the foreign language and then yeah. they're saying foreign. They're all foreign to us. They're all alien. And then translates it to whatever the equivalent of, like, English is, you know? And, uh, you know, it's, it's a useless skill. Like, everyone understands Jabba the Hutt. And I'm like, mm-hmm. You're like, okay. Well, they can speak. They can speak hut. Yeah, they can. Well, they better. Yeah. Otherwise, oh, trouble. Yeah. Get jabbed. Yeah, you get jabbed. Like, I mean, I, I assume like they can all speak. I mean, I assume like Princess Leia can speak hut. Maybe they're just nodding. It's like, mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. What did he say? Yeah. <laughs> Later on, what did he say? And then he can, you know, say words that are English words like. Skywalker. And I'm like, oh well, you can <laughs> you can clearly say he's just choosing yeah. to speak hut hut ass. Sure, sure. Which he's fine. You know, it's his it's his house. I mean, you shouldn't be judging him by any means. That's mm-hmm. yeah, a confusing situation. Yeah. It's Star Wars. It is Star Wars. Hey. Sorry, Jake. It's Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> you say sorry, Jake? I don't think he says sorry, Jake. It, well, what did he say at the end of uh Chinatown? Sorry, Jake, it's Chinatown. Is that what he says? Sorry. I think so. Sorry, Jake, it's Chinatown, I believe. Mm. And it's just like uh, slapping him like 
My my sister. My, my sister. What, sir? Well, because you know, there's an incest joke, and then there's a kind of incesty thing in Star Wars. So I'm trying to con- combine okay. the two there. Okay. Hmm. Okay. I don't want to ruin Chinatown for people. You either. know what? It's it's an old movie. I think it's fine. You're allowed to. This, spoiler! Spoiler! The spoiler wall has yeah, dropped. Sorry, Jake. It's Chinatown. Yeah, that's. The oh, idea. okay. I didn't realize. There that. you are. Sorry, Jake. It's Chinatown. Sorry. Oh, forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. Yeah, Chinatown. see, there you go. I th- thought it wasn't Seth. It was Sorry, Charlie. That's what I was thinking with like Tuna. tuna. Yeah, Tuna. That's yeah, right. Sorry, Charlie. Star it's Tuna wants, Town. Doesn't want Tuna with good taste. Yeah. Uh, Starkus wants Tuna that tastes good. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, ah. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Johnny. It's Polynesia Town. Oh, that's so good. So great. Oh, SCTV. <laughs> He was watching a sort of documentary on SCTV that I've uh, finally sent you. Mm. And, uh, yeah, they were just showing these, like, clips. And it, it just gets bizarre. There's so many deep, weird stories in there. Yeah. You, you know, you remember the parodies and mm-hmm. you remember that. But, like, the weird, long character bits as well, mm. I, I feel like it does hold up. And it, okay. it's something that, you know, when you think of, like, other sketch comedy shows, like, what's your favorite sketch comedy show? Okay, but did they have linking segments that were character pieces <laughs> that just were this bizarre world, you know? Yeah, no. yeah. They didn't, so SCTV wins. The end. Because they had world building, which you really like. Yeah, You like surreal. world building a lot. Yeah. yeah. Melonville. Just the Melonville's world of great. Melonville. But also the, there's Melonville, and then they also had a rival town, which I can't remember the name of it, but because mm. they do go there in one episode. They go to the, the rival town, whatever it's called. Yeah. No, it's great. It's great that It's great that there's like... The, yeah, that they all, the, like part of the humor of the show, like, yes, there were ske- sketches that were like parodies of K-Tel or whatever, but also a lot of the humor was character-based, not just like based in the parodies that they were making. And then when it got really complicated, there were characters from the show in a parody of something that was, so the joke was a parody of like Polynesia Town, which is a parody of Chinatown, but with yeah. Johnny LaRue, John Candy's character, being Johnny LaRue, but also being in a parody of Chinatown that's but a character based. So oh yeah. it gets so complicated. And it's like it that's where, you know, whenever they have a comparison of like what was better, SCTV or Saturday Night Live, you know, it's weird because S uh, you know, Saturday Night Live has had so many movies based on their characters. Mm-hmm. Very few good. You know, <laughs> so, but uh, but you know, aside from Bob and Doug McKenzie, no SCTV characters. Yeah. You know. But I feel that's because they didn't need them because we already got that in the show. Yeah, like yeah. We already had that deep, weird, twisted thing. So yeah. There's no reason to expand on them sure. and go like, "What's Edith Prickley really like?" Well, you know. Yeah, you know. And you know what Guy Caballero's like. It's not just that they they're Jerry constantly Vaughan. filling in backstories. Yeah, yeah. Dropping little bits as they go, as they go. So it slowly it slowly builds up the mythology of this world. I'm trying to think if Count Floyd ever had like some cheapy little movie. He made a lot of appearances and stuff, but no, I don't think he ever had like a, a mm. movie or anything like yeah. that. He but was if, in, but if it's not part of SCTV, then it's you know you're not counting it. You're not going to count it. No. Okay. No, it has to be like part of that world. You know, They're, like if you make a movie about starring Floyd Robertson, uh, you know, as as newscaster, also ch- kids movie host, you know, or monster movie host. Then it has to be based in that SCTV world. So. I think I think a mistake was made with uh, Strange Brew, the Bob and Doug McKenzie movie, and not having uh, other SCTV people in there. Yeah, I yeah. agree because they were part of that world. Yeah, and it would have yeah. been nice to like just it, just some For cameo sure. things. It also would have like 
helped smooth over a lot of hurt feelings yeah, from that like as a well. Lot of goodwill. <laughs> Though I wonder if they if if that was I mean that probably was the same thing over at Saturday Night Live with like you know uh, you know when uh, you know the Blues Brothers yeah went and uh, you know had their own movie and mm-hmm. it's like you didn't get a lot of other you know Saturday Night Live people in that yeah yeah but the Blues Brothers were sort of but the difference between that is Blues Brothers were entirely its own thing. That didn't didn't like bleed over into other parts of Saturday Night Live. Right, they, they were really, really in sketches. Element. They were just yeah. like a musical thing on it, Saturday Night Live, and it started as like an off camera thing where they would just do stuff for for the audience. There, mm-hmm. that's how it started. They would perform as Blues Brothers as like a warm up act or as just like a fun time time waster while things were getting done. And then eventually they started appearing on the actual show, but they didn't. They weren't incorporated into like a world of Saturday Night Live the way that. Bob and Doug were, for instance, you know, although maybe you could argue that Bob and Doug were kind of their own thing because they were meant as a segment to uh, fill in time on Canadian television, which had fewer advertisements. Oh, sure. That was the that was the original. Well, it was yeah, it was uh, a Canadian content thing, too, mm-hmm. was that, you know, you need Canadian content and they did the sarcastic thing of what you want just two guys like <laughs> drinking beer and like uh, frying back bacon. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, eh. yeah. Like, all right, we'll do it for you. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, I mean, it was born of a necessity that they had time to fill, but also, yes, they needed to uh, appease the CRTC. Yes, the uh, b- but the uh, Bob and Doug McKenzie did cross over with other SCTV characters on the show because okay, were, yeah, That's there right. was the there well, later was the, on, yeah, for yeah, sure. they yeah, had the yeah. big special, you know, the Bob and C- Doug McKenzie special that just like tanked, and they had uh, union dancers and uh, the <laughs> Jules Hallemeyer dancers yeah, were yeah. upset about this. Yeah, yeah. not good enough, huh? It's just like listen. <laughs> Calm down. That's that's and, weird. I'm just and Jules Hallmeyer was like a costume designer or something like that on the show. He was he was a person who worked on the show. Yes, he wasn't an actual actor. He was just like one of the people who was like behind the scenes person. But they turned him into a that was brilliant as well. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking at. Can we uh, can we go like a whole month without mentioning SCTV? I don't think it's no, possible. No, 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 it's not. It's not possible. And why bother? Because it's so much fun. Okay, uh, I'm going to uh, see. Let me see. One, two, three, four, five. Uh, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. There's been eleven uh, Saturday Night Live movies. Hmm. Uh, okay, how, let's go through them. How many can you name? How many can I name? How many can you name? Uh, I don't know if I can name them, but okay. So let's start with Blues Brothers. Blues Brothers. Yeah, that's an easy one because we just said it. We out just said loud it out loud. Yeah, times. yeah. And so then we have to take a big jump into we the take future. A huge jump. Huge jump into the like future. You would think like there was others in the eighties, but yeah. there was no, not, nothing there at all. Was I, not. I would think it'd be Wayne's World would be the, the next, next one. one. Was in nineteen ninety two, and it was Wayne's World. You're so Wayne's World right. one and two, but, which then people went, wait, whoa, whoa, oh, we can make movies. They out can make of, money uh, out of this stuff. So then we get It's Pat. Then the next one is 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 nineteen ninety three. Yeah, you had It's Pat, but before then there was another one. That was more of a classic. Oh, Coneheads. There you go. Coneheads. Classics takes us to, uh, oh, yeah, but we also, I'm going to throw Wayne's World 2 in there. Yeah, Wayne's, I said Wayne's World 1 and 2, but Very yeah. Very good. All right. So then. Now it's, we got to go 1995. You're not going to get this one. Uh, it's an obscure one. Okay, so there was, uh, it's either the, I can't remember the actor's name now, the, um, he's a black actor in the show, not Chris Rock, but. Uh, Tim Meadows. Tim Meadows. He did like a. A greatest lover kind of a movie, right? Sure, sure. That was in two thousand. Oh, okay. That was much later. Okay. So, okay. So then they did the they did like the Roxbury one as well. That's right. Night at the Roxbury. That was nineteen ninety eight. Ah, darn it. Um, But and Blues Brothers two thousand was just before then. (laughs) Um, Now we're getting real obscure. Real obscure. Three more 
real obscure ones. Like you had its path. Yeah, that's it's obscure. about it's about okay, there's a Stuart Smalley one. Yes, which was called Stuart Smalley saves his family. Yes, Stuart saves his family. <laughs> yep. Uh, which one was? What year is that? That was 1995. Oh, that was the 95 one. So there's still one more. That's... Yeah, we're starting to glut it up. A Are little there bit two right more? There's two there's more. Two. Uh, well, yeah, no, yeah. There's two more. So I said Night of the Roxbury. We got one from 1999, and we got one for from 2010. Oh, there's uh, Superstar. The uh... good one. Uh, directed by who? Directed by a member of another sketch comedy group, a Canadian sketch comedy group. Oh, it's directed by um, um, one of the kids in the hall. Yeah, uh, Bruce Mc. McCullough. Bruce McCullough, that's yeah. right. Who also at the same around that same time he directed Dog Park, which I prefer to Superstar. Dog but, Park is fun. Yeah. And now one more. One more. That's a 2010 one? 2010. Oh my god. Made uh in the box office made just a little over eight million dollars. That's pretty good. No, it's not. Oh, it had a bigger budget than no, that? No, no. Uh, eight, making eight <laughs> I million assume these movies have a very small budget. $10 million budget made oh, $8 million. Oh, yeah, that's not good. That's no, not good. $10 million not, budget. Not good. That's not good. Oh, man. So that's a later one. Though it, it, it did make more than Stuart Saves His Family, which made uh, $912,000. <laughs> which made more than It's Pat, which made mm. on a $8 million budget yeah. made in the United States yeah. $60,000. That was not a popular character. I wonder why they decided to uh, make that movie. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Uh, which co-starred a another member of that troupe. What? It's Pat? Yeah. It starred another member of the Kids in the Hall, which was... Oh, Kids in the Hall was in it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Then it would be uh, Mark... Uh... Dave Foley. Oh, Dave Foley was in it? Dave oh. Foley was the <laughs> uh, romantic partner of Pat. Oh, okay. Okay. Can you give me like... Okay. Give me the actor who's in the 2010 one. See if that will okay. give me a... All right, we're gonna we're gonna do this. Is it one? Is it is like an Amy Poehler or is it like no? uh, But I will. uh, Here's the thing. I'm going to give you other names of people that were in it. Okay. I'm going to go backwards. I'm going to do it uh, Doug Loves Movie style. Okay. 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 So I'm going to do the five uh, leads, (laughs) but work my way back because perhaps the lead would give it away. Okay. Maya Rudolph was in it. Uh huh. Play the wife in there. A brief wife. Uh Val Kilmer was in it. Played the villain. Oh, 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 it's, uh, sorry, I know what it is, it's, it's, uh, what's it called, it's, it's a parody of uh, MacGyver or whatever. Yeah, well, you better find it, Ryan Phillips <laughs> was also in it. Can, can I just have it with Kristen that? Kristen Wigg, Will Forte. What? Yeah, I know Will Forte is the star of it, but I don't know what it's called. MacGruber. MacGruber, okay. I was close, it's a MacGyver, you should have given it to me. Should have, should have, but didn't. Yeah, for some reason I thought there was more. Uh, I got it at Villain. Cinema, I got it at Villain. Live, uh, movies could... than that. That's really strange. Huh. I, I'm really proud of myself. I did pretty well there. No, you did very well. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, in terms of box office... Do you know uh, how many of those movies I've seen? Tell me. Two. I've seen Blues Brothers, so three. I think I've seen... I haven't seen It's Pat, and I haven't seen Stuart Saves His Family. But I've seen the rest. I have not seen any of them but Wayne's World. I don't think I've... I don't even know if I've seen Wayne's World 2 now that I think about it. All right. What made the most money? Wayne's World. Yeah. By far. Yeah. By far. By 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 far. Because it's it's not a it's not it's a not bad movie. Mm. That's my review of that movie. It's a C plus movie. Yeah. It was a good you know what? It had a lot of good natured fun. Mm-hmm. And you're like, huh. Yeah. All right. Not bad. Okay. Not bad. There we go. It feels like the Austin Powers movies are yeah. uh, part of this, but they're not. But they kind of are, because that's where you know Mike Myers sure, from, and sure. that's why you're on board with it, and that's why it's, you know. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. It's got and, they, Will, Will and it's basically in it. yeah. It's, gonna, eh. it's basically like a sketch comedy yeah. movie, yeah. Um in Wayne's World 2, do they go like to a rock festival? They have a uh, Wayne stock, I believe. Okay, maybe I did see that movie then. So yeah, I've seen 3 of those movies. I don't know if I need to see more of them, but there you go. Yeah, the the number 1 one was uh Wayne's World, number 2 was uh Blues Brothers. Mm. And makes number sense. three was Wayne's World 2. That makes sense. <laughs> yep. And then, oh, geez, it's weird. Uh, Superstar was the next next in line. Kind of diminishing returns. Mary, Mary. I can't remember the name of the, the, the little the character now. Yeah. Molly Shannon's character. Molly Shannon's character. You're like, yeah. That's, that's fine. fine. Yeah. That's fine. You know, you go to a movie, you see a movie, and it's mm-hmm. a movie. Okay. And there you are. Yeah, it's hard to make a sketch into a movie. Well, particularly a sketch that started on stage. It's like kind of a stage-based sketch because it's very physical and very, you know, yeah. Did Chevy Chase have any characters besides Gerald Ford? No. Hmm. Well, Chevy Chase himself. Right. Which he played a pleasant. Based... He played a pleasant person on the show. <laughs> Did he? No, he was an arrogant. <laughs> that was the point of that character, I think. Yeah. Yeah. No. Inter- interesting. Yeah. It's weird that he seems so unpleasant. And yet he's friends with Lauren Michaels. Like, they're still friends. Well, they kind of start, I mean... They went through a lot together, from, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. And, you know, you know, you got people in your past that, you know, you know, you, you forgive them and you go and, like, I, Lauren Michaels is an interesting cat. Like, he's an interesting, you know, he's someone who, boy, howdy, it's just amazing that he has gotten nothing stuck to him <laughs> in all that time. You know, yeah. you had a show that's so soaked in cocaine, mm. that's had so much controversy. Yeah, he did cocaine. Okay. But he yeah. did it at a time when people didn't judge you for it. You sure, know? sure, sure. You know, he set, you know, he set up, you know, basically uh, a structure where, you know, we write all night on Tuesday mm. or we do this and this. Mm-hmm. Like, it's all based on cocaine. Like, that's <laughs> that's the reason you've got, like, an all-night writing well, session is, like, that's not... And I do it's a chicken and egg thing. I don't think that he created it so that people would take cocaine and write all night. I think that people were staying up all night taking cocaine, and so he just went, oh, okay, that's how we'll do it then. We'll have a... Yeah, it's a cool show. We're cool people. Yeah, we're cool this people. what people do in the 70s. And maybe that's why he stepped away and... Maybe. But it's just amazing that in all that time, mm-hmm. nothing has stuck to him. Like, you, where you think like, like, oh boy, did you hear about, <laughs> you know, and like just to be part of any kind of show yeah. business for, for an extended period of time. Thank God he's Canadian. I guess so, but it's like him and Tim Conway. It's like, that's about, you know, whew, like nothing. Yeah. Just like, no, not a bad thing at all. And how the hell is that possible? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, uh, he's going to have, uh, you know, again, we've mentioned Trump, but like he'll have like really controversial people on the show. Like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, it's fine, I guess. What are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah, you have them on the show. He's having, you know, he's having Chappelle back on the show. That's fine. He's having this on, on the show. Oh, well, that's. That's the thing. And none of it sticks. Mm. People are like, no, Saturday Night Live shouldn't do that. Well, it was one person making the choice. <laughs> do you care about that? Meh. <laughs> I, I guess, I think I guess like TMZ is really going to corner him and just yeah. go, hey, Lauren, what are you doing? Like, no, <laughs> nothing. Or like, you ever see like a Lauren Michaels interview where he's like looking, oh, geez, I'm, he's a little squirrely, yeah. a little sweaty. No, he's never. Cool. Nothing. Yeah, he's cool as the cucumber. Yeah. How the hell? Yeah. He has a, do you, he has a cucumber. He holds, oh, does he? he holds, he cradles it during interviews. Oh, okay. He dresses a uh, cucumber up like him. <laughs> it speaks for him. Yeah. Uh, look, 
I'll let my, I can't do an impersonation of him. I'll let my cucumbers be. I can't. Oh, do it, so. oh, 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 <laughs> that's right. Michael Frey. Uh, have you have you met my friend uh, Cucumber? That's right. Oh, <laughs> you son of a bitch. That's my Lone Michaels but as that, well. But uh, you know, part of it is part of it. I mean, is time periods, right? Like there was a time when people could behave badly and no one knew about it. You know, because there was people whose job was to make sure that that, that information did the, not the go out into the world. The show has almost been on for 50 years. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. That like, you know, <laughs> that's no, amazing. No scandal, no no children out of wedlock, no... Maybe, who knows? I mean, or, he, he or got just the, people don't care. Well, that's it. He's like, he's he's a behind-the-scenes person. Like, we know more about him now than we ever would have known about him in the 80s or 90s, I think. Like, he wasn't... You didn't regard him. He's been married and divorced. You know, I'm, I'm sure he's married to someone who's very young now. Is he? I don't know. But he's yeah, a, you don't know. He's an old guy who got remarried. Well, so he got he's, married in uh, nineteen. Okay, he's been married uh, three times. Yeah, there you married go. Rosie Schuster. That was his first marriage. Daughter the, of uh, Wayne Schuster. Uh, Wayne and Schuster. Wayne Schuster. Both, no, his daughter. She's the daughter of both Wayne and Schuster. It's very <laughs> odd how Ooh, that happened, but it happened. Strange. Uh, Susan uh, Forrestal. And then uh, Alice Berry was his uh, uh, his current wife, okay. who uh, married in 1991. Wow. Yeah. He's got three kids. Do you know who they are? Of course you don't. Why would you? None of your business. No, he's a producer of the show. How the hell is that? But it means the same thing. Like, do you know, what do you know about the guy who produces, who produced... Uh, who produced Kids in the Hall? What do you know about the person who produced Conan O'Brien? <laughs> what do you know about the person who produces the well, Tonight Show now? Well, he executive What produced... do you know about the... He, he, all of them. It's him. He has the. He holds all of the comedy cards, <laughs> all of them. Who produces uh, Seth Meyers? But who? Like, what do you? It's what, all him. But what do you know about the guy who produced David Letterman for years and years? Let's hear, let's talk about that guy. All right. I don't know his name or anything about him because, you know. But did you? Okay. But here's the here's the thing about that. On that, you felt like Letterman was Letterman, and Letterman was riding the sh- like yeah. if you, it, the person with the power. Mm-hmm. You didn't think like oh, Letterman really has to answer that producer. Yeah, like, yeah. You, know, you feel like <laughs> I know it's Letterman, true. right? That's or true. like Lauren Michaels, you feel like Lauren could crush Conan at any time. Should it come down to it, mm. he could squash him like a bug. You know, yeah. and he could also be the person yeah. who goes like, uh, "It's going to be that Simpson writer who's going to host late night." Mm. What? That's ridiculous. I'm Lauren Michaels. Yes, sir. He's, uh, he's the guy. And uh, yoink. Yeah, yeah. And there you are. Yeah. To be like the controller of this empire and then no controversy whatsoever in such a controversial environment. That's amazing. And have a pretty good ear or eye for talent as well. Yeah. Like he's launched like next to everybody who's like a comedic, <laughs> yeah. you know, you think like name, yeah. name someone and like, huh? okay, aside from... You know, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Cohen. Uh, well, British people, yeah. It's not going to be. Yeah, that's right. That's the thing. They're they're British. So, mm, yeah. You know, they're not really really on the radar necessarily. Yeah. Name someone who's, you know, an American, uh, you know, comedian who's like, you know, uh, rising movie. Dave Chappelle. (laughs) But there you go. That's an example of someone who was missed, who auditioned, was auditioned for Saturday Night Live, but who wasn't, wasn't on the show. Nope. And then now uh, is, you know, uh, Saturday Night Live is kind of the redemption show. You know, he he goes and does the Netflix specials that people go, you know, I mean, obviously people like him and they're making money and what have you. Yes, they are making money. But in the public eye of Mm -hmm. like... Okay, well, I in the in the public in the in the teacup of of Twitter, Twitter sphere, he uh, is controversial. Well, 
okay, there's Netflix, which is mainstream-ish. Yeah. But then there's mainstream Saturday Night Live mainstream. That's very mainstream. It's yes. very mainstream. Yeah. So to have Chappelle hosting Saturday Night Live mm-hmm. is a big deal, mm-hmm. you know. And and you know, it goes, no, he's this shows that you're respected, that you're like a celebrity that's acknowledged. It feels like America is saying yeah. yes to you yeah. when you're hosting Saturday Night Live. So mm-hmm. it's that's an important thing, and like he's the guy that makes the call on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of people that do well on Netflix yeah. who, if I mentioned their name, you'd go, hmm? <laughs> it's true. It's true. Someone went today, uh, one, of the, uh, one of the drivers was picking some doors up and we were talking and he's, well, while I was checking the doors, he was watching some video. And I said, oh, what were you watching? And he said, oh, I was watching Eliza Schlesinger. Mm-hmm. Do you know her? And I said, yeah. yeah. He goes, what do you think of her? I said, she's fine. I've watched her special and... You know, she's she, a little annoying on Jeopardy, but she, yeah. She hits all the right, you know, she does. She knows all the things that she's supposed to talk about, and she sure. talks about them, you know. That's how I feel about her. Like, I'm not going to write home about her, but she's fine. Yeah. I think she's going to do better stuff in the future as well. I think she is a growing comedian mm-hmm. that is that is definitely evolving and will, uh, you know, about two specials from now, it's going to be, whoa, okay. Sure. Interesting. Yeah. 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 She's fine. Like, you know, I, saw, I watched it and I thought, oh, that's good. That's fine. I get it. I like what you're doing. I see. And what what was their opinion? Was like, uh, they, yeah, they he was a big fan. He was a big fan. Sure, sure. Yeah. Surprised because he like Nikki Glaser. Very yeah. I won't say very similar, but like you can see what if yeah. you like one, yeah. Then probably Netflix would go. You might also <laughs> enjoy. Also like, and who was the other one that he? Oh, he didn't like Amy Schumer. No, he didn't like Chelsea Handler. He said okay, but diff- not a, a big different. fan of hers. But he says I really like Nikki Glaser and I like Eliza Schlesinger. And I was like okay. It's interesting, interesting that you uh, have found these two. But I guess yeah, they just kind of pop up in your. One thing that's interesting. Uh, I'm going like. to say interesting, like you do. Uh, one thing. <laughs> oh, one really? Th- one thing I'm finding. Uh, I hope you know I've copyrighted that. Oh, I wish I knew a word that's better than interesting. That's not fascinating. I don't I either. I sound like a Vulcan. <laughs> uh, but because Netflix is the home of uh, so many so many specials, yeah. you will get like. Uh, their specials in a row, and you'll go mm. like, "Oh, I like that special, the the new special. Let me let me watch the one that came before it, and then the one that came before it." And you go like, "Oh, there are diminishing returns." <laughs> but if I had watched that one first, yeah, I'd be like, "This this is okay." Sure. But because they've improved so much, yeah. And I've been watching a kind of a bunch of Mike Birbiglia lately, and so I watched the new one last night, and I'm like, man, that's. That's tight. That's a good. Mm. That's a real good show. Yeah. That's got a point to it. It's got mm. a lot of heart to it. It's got some like woof uh, <laughs> moments in it. Um, and then wait, uh, are those like woof? Like I can't believe we talked about that. Or woof? Like that's amazing. Woof is in you know it's it's a thing about him having him and his wife having a baby mm. and he didn't want to have a baby and then he didn't want to have a baby. He didn't want to have a baby. Wow. And then you know uh, once the baby is there. There's a thing, and it's like the big line in the show that you know he's talked about on his podcast. Is like there's a line where he goes like, "I understand why dads leave," and then oh. goes goes on from there. And it's like, Whoa. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. one of those. It's like a real impactful. Well, it's good line. to be honest, like to talk oh, yeah, about yeah, these yeah. real yeah. feelings. Yeah, like I would rec- I would highly recommend watching mm. it, and it's got a real mm. nice visual thing that they do in the show as well. That's like, oh, that's good. So so I watched <laughs> that and it was like. Yeah, this is really, really good. I should watch some of his older stuff because I really, I like the Sleepwalk with Me film and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So, so I you watched, went backwards. I watched uh, my girlfriend's boyfriend, which is just from a couple of years earlier, like almost like five years earlier. Okay. And 
it's all right. Yeah. It's all right. Okay. But it's but it's like there's not a lot of oof to it. Yeah, there's no yeah. uh, weight. He's mm. doing a, a a bit about like trying. He wants to make out with a girl, but he goes on the scrambler and he has to throw up. And on the scrambler. So, yeah. Huh. What a lightweight. And, yeah, and uh, and he throws up, and you know the audience is enjoying it, and it's. It, I can see how this would work on stage. This would yeah, work yeah. In a club. It's a it's sure. a solid stand up y bit, mm-hmm. but like he just got so much better okay yeah and like yeah. now with uh and i haven't seen it but like i've seen like kind of bits from it the old man and the pool is his new thing and it's kind of about mortality and and whatnot yeah and like now it's like really really uh interesting mm. but like in just like five years just the amount of change and maturity and just building on you know your old act it's just it's really really cool to see but it's hard to watch the older stuff and go like oh yeah. It's interesting because it, when you're talking about that, I was thinking of uh, Dave Chappelle, of all people. And uh, and it's kind of funny because I felt like his last few Netflix specials were so-so, like just kind of, they're okay. Like, they're kind of smug and not really that funny, like not as well put together as his first few, which I thought were really impressive. The one where he does the gay superhero uh, bit that kind of bookends the act, which I think okay. is really well done. And then the one where he's uh, kicker in the pussy. Mm-hmm. Where he does that as sort of the bookend of it as well, where he turns it around, where he's just like, "I'm going to make you cheer when I say this later in the show," sure. and you're like, "That kind of sets that as as the goal, right?" And it really does work. And it's really well put together and really is affecting. And the last couple have just been kind of like, I don't know if they're just sort of defensive or not funny. Like one I can see that's not funny because he's talking about the the George Floyd, and he's mm-hmm. just kind of ruminating on that. So that's not a funny thing to talk about. And it's more just him ruminating on that. And that I can see that's like not a roll on the floor kind of thing. But the one bef- after that, this feels like the one that people got upset about. It doesn't, f- it doesn't feel like the jokes w- uh, warrant the controversy, if you know what I mean. Do you think that it's him doing too many of the specials? Because yeah, cause how you, cause yeah, there's not enough yeah. time baking it in the, mm-hmm. uh, in the oven? Yeah, I think that's it. So you don't, you don't have like those killer bits in it to kind of keep the momentum going. Yeah. It's I mean, more, more just him talking and laughing at his jokes. You like know? it might be, a, it might also be, I mean, who knows, but it might also be a choice because like when you, when you, a lot of comedians, when they do these bits, what you don't see is them, of course, like doing them on stage and working them out mm-hmm. and, you know, he'll go and do hours long sets yeah. at, at clubs. And if he does a drop in, then, Oh, good luck to everyone. <laughs> Uh, you're along for the ride, and and he's not afraid of silences, and he's not yeah. afraid of awkwardness, and he's mm-hmm. not afraid of boring people. Yeah, and maybe that has carried on from the club, you know, to Netflix. Yeah, whereas like Netflix is going to make money off him. Yeah, and he's going to make money off them. Yeah, and like so, why? Yeah, why do you have to tighten, 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 tighten? What's your What's your point? Maybe it's okay to just talk, mm. and he's almost doing like. Uh, you know, a, a live podcast. podcast. I mean, <laughs> yeah. here, look, yeah. we're talking for two and a half hours about I don't fucking know. Yeah, what. well, I've still haven't figured it out. Yeah, I, I and and people are fine with it. Mm-hmm. At least some people who are listening right now, and bless your hearts. <laughs> yes. You know, uh, but yeah, may, maybe that is that is the case, and he he doesn't need to be, you know, just your comedian comedian uh, of like tight bit, yeah, tight yeah. bit lead wrap up. <laughs> you know, it's almost the you know like we've talked about with like how to write an essay. 
you know, uh, back in high school, how to write an essay was, you know, this is about blank. Here yeah. are three things I will be talking about. Do the three things, then yeah. wrap it up at the end, tie it all up in a bow, and yeah. refer to the... It's not good enough, though. Like, when you get to college with that or university yeah. with that, you will fail your essays. You have to learn how to write actually interesting essays. Right. Whereas you don't, as a stand-up, you can yeah. start and end with the same thing and people will go, clever. But here's the thing. Like, what I learned made professors, teachers the happiest was when I did the conclusion. If I asked questions that I had no answers for in the conclusion, mm. they loved that. They ate that up. You know, because that's a killer end. You know, and I feel like if you were going to do what Dave Chappelle is doing, which is, yes, to have a dialogue with the audience or a monologue to the audience. Sure. You still need to have peaks of interest in your thing. And, and I feel like you still need to have like a sense of, of some sort of like shape to it, you know, where there's a fall, a rise, fall, and then a rise again at the end. Right. And that's, you need that. Like you need to still be a performer. You need, still need yeah. to, you know, like, yes, it's interesting. It's interesting to go to a play where nothing happens, but you'd be much happier if you went to a play where something happened, you know. Right. And him ruminating about, you know, gender politics or, or, you know, racial politics or whatever he wants to talk about is interesting, but you still need to wrap that ruminations in the bow of uh, humor. Yeah. That's your job I as mean, Dave the, Chappelle. We've talked about this before where Trevor Noah was his opening act and Trevor mm -hmm. said to him, um, so why me? Because there's funnier people than me. And yeah. he went, you're interesting. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you were, you were, you know, you were illegal. Like, as in your existence was illegal when you were growing up in, yeah, yeah. in South Africa. And, uh, and, and, you know, you've got stories to tell that no one else will be telling. And, and that's why, uh, I want you here. And maybe that's the mindset of just like, well, I, th I'm not doing the funniest stuff, but there's, uh, you know, a <laughs> literally a hundred comedy specials on yeah. here with very yeah. funny people just delivering bullet jokes like hilarious jokes like you could be interesting mm -hmm. and like i'm going to tell an interesting point of view that no one else no one else is going to be talking about this on netflix <laughs> yeah, but yeah, i can yeah. Yeah. so maybe i will and people will be talking about this mm -hmm. and maybe that's enough you know i guess at this at this point i guess could uh, could be i'm just talking i mean shoulders. it's totally subjective of course so yeah. someone else could have seen that special and thought it was the the best thing since sliced bread it's, but, uh, but I'm saying for me that there's not this uh, growth of, yeah. you know, like you're saying with Mike Birbiglia, if you go back five years, you're like, oh my, you know, this is not quite as good as what he's doing now. And maybe, the, and maybe what he, what Chappelle is doing now will become better later because he had the confidence to do this. Yeah, sure. And it'll, it'll sure. take, it's, it's, yeah, it's possible. after uh, Gallagher uh, passed away, you know, people were like showing clips the best of clips of, him. of course, so, yes. so there was some really clever stuff that he had because he did do very clever word planning. i liked him a lot when he was on like make me laugh and stuff like that when i was a kid oh so. sure but the, you see he did a lot of specials for whatever the comedy network or whatever it was called back then maybe hbo but like he did a lot Not of comedy ha? <laughs> i don't know if he did stuff for ha ha was on, uh, existed for a very short period of time <laughs> um but there was one he did with uh this giant couch and uh, and he just did all these acrobatics on the couch, like mm. he was just jumping, and it was just like shit. <laughs> it was like amazing acrobatics. Yeah. Uh, and then I found out, like, oh, he had finished his set at that point. Like he had come out and done a set of yeah. like his regular shit. Yeah. And then he brought the couch out as an encore <laughs> and did all this stuff, and it was like, 
dear Lord, huh. the effort. Yeah. And like the effort he put into each one of these shows. Yeah. And then nowadays it's, you know, Netflix and like just a microphone and a stool and a, hey, so what's going on? And, uh, and we're done and we're out. Yeah. And like back in the day, it had to be like this. And that's just a stylistic change sure. over time. And then, you know, he sure. became like a weird racist knob. Um, Gallagher did? Oh, for sure. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, huge. Is that why he walked out on Mark Maron? Was Mark Maron questioning his yeah. beliefs or questioning his... Questioning his act and his things act. that he talked about and a lot of okay. uh, jokes that he he had done and that were like, Eesh. Oh, really? Yeah, real Eesh. Okay. Not, uh, not Mike Birbiglia. Oof. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Yeah. And I think, I think also... You're conveying a lot with those sounds. Yeah, he, he was not happy with, with how... He was uh, kind of fading into irrelevance yeah. compared to like Comedy Central did a list of like the hundred greatest comics of all time. Okay. And he was a hundred. And he was very upset about that, mm. for example. Mm. And I was like, well, you know, yeah. it's just first of all, it's not real. It's just <laughs> just make them up, you I, know. Well, I mean, it does reflect cul- a, a change of culture, though. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Yeah, he was incredibly successful, but like, I don't know, where was David Brenner on that list? <laughs> I don't know. Where was uh, I like David Brenner? Who's uh who's the guy who uh, put down Lenny Bruce? Jack, what's his name? Carter. Where's Jack, Jack Carter. Carter on that list? He's nowhere on that list. He's nowhere on that list. He was that a list. hack. That's right. And it's just like, hey man, time marches on. Mm-hmm. That's just Although Jack Carter was on an episode of Rockford Files. Oh, well then he wins. He wins. That's that's the ultimate. There's another guy, James Garner. What what bad things did he do? I haven't heard a lot of uh, no. bad James uh, Garner stuff. No. And I don't want to. Other than tormenting Steve McQueen. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just hilarious. Why not? <laughs> exactly. Why not? They're neighbors. Why wouldn't you do that? If you have a choice to, you know, uh, torment Steve McQueen. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's fine. It's more teasing. Just having some fun. And then Steve McQueen gets so mad he like uh, drives his motorcycle up over your fence, <laughs> lands, and you're like, "Hey, I know that reference." <laughs> get it? Yeah, he get gets it. it. Did get you? Um, uh, speaking of nothing and uh, just transitioning uh, roughly, sure. Uh, to 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 this, did you? Uh, you didn't watch that Wednesday show on Netflix? Did you? I watched a little bit of it. Yeah, and Lisa summed it up very aptly. Okay, before we turned it off, which was. I don't think they understand these characters. No, they don't. And here, here I'm just going to say one thing that's enormous to me in this. Okay. First of all, it does, as we I think we've mentioned before, the Sabrina thing that drives me nuts, mm-hmm. which is you have a villain who's a witch hunter. Yeah. You know, an old Salem-y days, a pilgrim witch hunter. Yeah. And uh, and then you, you make them right. They're <laughs> yeah. completely correct. Yeah. There they are, are dangerous. Witches. There are witches. There are vampires. Yeah. There are werewolves. Yeah. You are right. And they're You're, also really dangerous. They're quite dangerous they have power <laughs> and they have all this stuff um yeah. but here was the thing that uh, i just went like okay this was something else and then you slapped wednesday onto it and and this is the because she goes to a school that's basically for monsters yes and they start monster university yeah and they start uh yeah monsters university uh, mike wakowski casper scare Sully. school I, I was trying to i was trying to find a list of all the monster monster high monster high sure yeah uh it's not an uncommon idea to have yeah. monster high school yeah. or monster college don't uh, forget monster don't forget vampire academy okay very good yeah 
I'm sorry to have forgotten Vampire Academy. One of my favorite, speaking of which, one of my favorite movies. <laughs> speaking of which, yep, yep. in the and I say oh, witch. witch uh, in the first episode, you have her werewolf uh, roommate. Yeah. Oh boy, they just—it's just all over the place. There's a scene. <laughs> sorry, I'm going to tangent for a second. Yeah. There's a scene in there where the mom werewolf uh, comes to visit the girl. Okay. And is like, you know, uh, have you been wolfing out? She can't fully wolf out. Oh really? And and, and mom. She hasn't hit puberty yet. Well, no, she's just like not able to. And okay. she's like, Mom, it's okay. And she's like, We got you some brochures to camps. What? Oh, you want me to go to a werewolf transition camp? You know, where I'm gonna transition to a werewolf? I'm like, oh, so this is a this is like a gay thing. This yeah. is so you're combining com- it's uh. like but then later they do a thing with her character and you're just like, So it wasn't a gay thing. Well, this metaphor doesn't work at all. Like there's no no, no, I know what you were trying to say. I didn't get this far with the show. You didn't do so. a follow up with okay. it. Okay, but the very first thing they they do a thing where like let me introduce you to everyone in the school and so it's the thing that you have in all the high school yeah, yeah. things where like this is oh, the so and so here's the, the nerds yeah. here's the jocks here's the stoners yeah and they do have an interesting joke where it's the stoners or gorgons and so like oh they will turn you to stone yeah that's okay but then you only do that one joke so it's like oh so. Are you replacing all the other stereotypes in high school movies with monsters? Because if so, so the jocks are the Frankensteins. And then we're going to see... Wouldn't like, they be the werewolves? Maybe. Would, the, would you say so? I'm thinking like the big lumbering kind oh, okay. of jocks would be yeah, okay. Frankenstein. <laughs> That's what I would think. Because everyone loves... everyone. Yeah, all athletes are big lumbering types. Well, when you, in <laughs> high school movies, they're all football jocks. Yeah, yeah, I guess. So that to me is the Frankensteins. Mm, okay. I'm not sure what the werewolves would be. Mm. Maybe, maybe geeks. They'd shop. What's that? Shop class. Because those, those guys are always really hairy because they've been there too long. They would be the mad scientists, I okay. would think. Okay. But the first one of the groups that they show is like, mm-hmm. and there's the vampires. And then, then there's the werewolves. and then there. So like, oh, there's the vampires. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's vampires at this school. Yeah. So the entire series plays out. You never you never see a vampire again. Is that right? First episode. It's like, there's the vampires. <laughs> oh, it's a school with vampires. Yeah. And you're like, it's, well, it's daytime out. Is this a problem with the vampires? Yeah. Well, we're never going to talk about the vampires. Yeah, this is in Vampire Academy. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, vampires are popular. It's weird that you would, like, introduce vampires. Yeah. I'm calling them Chekhov's Draculas. Because they, they, you're like, you, you, you put them out there in the first episode, then, like, nothing. You think, like, maybe they'll turn into a bat. Yeah. Maybe they'll turn into mist. Maybe there'll be something about vampire. No, nothing. They introduce the vampires in the first episode, and then you never see a vampire again. There's even a scene in the movie where, like, blood, uh, is, 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 is spurts from, like, the ceiling and covers everyone in blood, and, like, ah, this will be interesting for the vampires. Yeah. Cause they're here, cause <laughs> everyone's here. <laughs> nothing. We're not seeing the vampires. I'm like, well, what the shit is going on? Yeah. It was just so uh, weird bad. that they like vampires and then nothing. Nothing. And even like with the werewolves, you're like, all right, so she, her best friend's a werewolf. Does she get along with the werewolves at the school? Eh, we're not going to really get into that. Mm. She's got a, a mom who's a werewolf and she wants her to be a werewolf and she's not werewolfy enough. Mm. And somehow we're making that about, you know, transition camp or conversion <laughs> camp. Hmm. Okay. And you do anything with that? Not really. No. Huh. That's a weird big thing to bring up and then not follow up on. Yeah. Okay. Because it feels like what you're... The it's general, just a joke. Yeah. It feels like the general idea is, joke. what if high school... We're going to take everything from high school and all the real issues that you deal with. Yeah. And then what we're going to do with that is, we're going to monster them all up. Terrible. And do that side it's a terrible idea. 
which they kind of did with Bumpy. You know, you have the yes. one girl who like is ignored, and so she becomes the invisible girl, and then she turns evil. And I'm like, okay, you can do that. Are you gonna do no nothing? <laughs> yeah, and then and then yeah, Wednesday's character. Even though like I watched the whole thing, you know, Wednesday's character is all over the map. It's just like, are you pro this? Are you anti this? What's your vibe? Why don't you like this school? This is all the shit you enjoy. Yeah. What are you talking about? Like uh, miserable here. Why? This is it. This is your. I thought it's because she resents her mother. But which? No, she doesn't. Oh, she doesn't. Well, no, I'm just saying like. That's not Wednesday's relationship with oh, her Oh, I know, I know, I know. But I'm saying in the show, they have her resenting her mother. Yeah, and you're like, okay, why does she resent her mother? Well, I'll never want to be a housewife like you. A housewife? <laughs> have you watched an episode of the goddamn Adams Family? How is she a freaking housewife? Yeah, she's the coolest. Yeah, she doesn't, you got a butler that like cooks and does all the housework. Mm-hmm. She just, like, hangs around as, like, a goddess. What are you talking yeah. about? Wait, she doesn't constantly work? Mm. Huh. Weird. Uh, yeah, no, the mo- the uh, show does not understand the characters at all. Yeah, it's like, uh, okay, and she's trying to solve murders. It's like, aren't you always trying to murder your brother? <laughs> oh, no, that's the other thing. She becomes her brother's protector. Well, her thing was, the only person who tortures my brother is me. Yeah. Which, yes. That is an Adams family thing. Mm-hmm. But then they make the big mistake of she then like gets revenge on someone who tortured her brother. But then you see it. Yeah. Like you see blood. Yeah. And you yeah. see and you and you and you say what the consequences, physical consequences were. Yeah. And it's like, that's not uh, what you do. Yeah. You show them about to drop the hot oil on the carolers, yeah. but you don't show the oil hitting the carolers <laughs> and their skin melting off. Because then they're not the good guys. Yeah. It's not, it doesn't work. It's not fun. Yeah, it's uh, so it really did feel like they had a thing where like a girl goes to Monster Monster High and she doesn't want to be there and she has to solve uh, a murder and uh, I get the feeling that the that the protagonist in the original thing was a vampire mm. because there's no vampire story and like was she the vampire because it feels like she was the vampire. And you could you could then like oh no the vampire had to had to be a roommate with the werewolf and they don't get along <laughs> that makes sense yeah that makes sense and you know she did something at her old school that makes sense there we go and she's very gothic and that makes sense and I think at some point they just went eh, it's not enough you know we got the rights to the Adams family <gasps> hey there we go I know the perfect person for this Tim Gothic Burton yeah. It's uh like yeah. A, it's weird that it's Tim Burton. Yeah, and you're like, well, oh, it's, it's not really weird. Like, I don't know, his career has not really been like. It's like this is the director of like Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah, come on, man. Yeah, that's a long time ago. It is a long time. There ago. It was Planet of the Apes and uh, Dark, Dark Shadows, Shadows and, and Alice in Wonderland. And, oh yeah, that's uh, not wrong. There's a lot of movies in between that. Big Fish. Uh, Big Fish wasn't terrible, yeah. but what was the one he did with uh, Johnny Depp and Helen and Bottom Carter? What was that one? That was all of them. Album, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. He did when Ed, he was married to her, but yeah, now he's not. He he did Ed Wood. Yeah, you're like, remember? It's a very good movie. Remember that? He did Edward Scissorhands? It's a fun film. Yeah, yeah. Or Beetlejuice, another good movie. Oh my god! And then, and then, and then, what I, happened? Yeah, oh. I like Nightmare Before Christmas. I think that's a fun film. Right. He I wasn't mean, he the did director the, of that. He wasn't the director of that. He more more kind of oversaw it. But yeah, Henry Selleck was, of course, yeah. the director. And as I've mentioned before. Uh, my wife P and I uh, watched him almost die once in a balloon. <laughs> Maybe that's what happened. 
Maybe. That was his whole life flashed before him when he said, all I've done is make movie about a guy with hands for scissors. i got to make stuff that will last forever, like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and Alice in Wonderland and any other films I can think of with Johnny Depp. Dark Shadows. Yeah. I did like, um, I did like uh, uh, Fred Armisen as a fester. He was a very good fester. Oh, his- My second favorite fester. My third favorite fester. <laughs> I'm going to go uh, Michael Roberts. First, yeah, he's very first, good. First, first favorite fester is yeah. a, uh, one of our uh, friends who sadly has passed away, but he was a guest on the show uh, quite a few times. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go Jackie Coogan. We got to go Jackie. The original, yeah. Jackie yeah. Coogan. He made it. Then I'm going to go Fred. Then I'm going to go Christopher Lloyd. Mm-hmm. Christopher, I mean, listen, I think the Adams Family movie, solid. Both of them are good. Both of them are good. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, he he had a lot of fun with that. Yeah, the Adams Family movie, boy howdy, that uh, that got it, that got the tone right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they understood how to make it work, and and uh, it has that great uh, performance, the play with a lot of blood and everything. Yeah, and a bit, mon- bit Python esque. I love the ending where they're celebrating, you know, by having like a wake the dead, and they just go into the cemetery and they're trying to wake the dead, and it's just like, <laughs> oh, they're. That's fun and macabre, and it's such a great balance of things. Yeah. And unfortunately, like in this, you know, because they have a supernatural element, Mm. it ruins it when there's a supernatural element. Like they're just, they're the weirdos. That's right. It's supposed to be the squares confronting these, this weird family. Yeah. And reacting to that and not understanding who they are. So it would be like a person selling insurance. You know, aren't you worried about your family dying? Well, I'm looking forward to it. You know, just think, you know, like, the, the, so everything's yeah, the opposite. It. Yeah. So you could actually, with the Wednesday thing, do the flip and just like, you are now in a school full of bigger weirdos than you. You're not a monster. You're just a person. You're mm-hmm. a weird person. Yeah. But you're just a person. Yeah. So, okay, what's it like to be that? Yeah. yeah. All right. There's, there's a story there. There's mm-hmm. something interesting you can play that. Yeah. What have you? And also that was her mother who thrived in that atmosphere when she went to that school. Yeah. So... You know, what do you bring to this situation? It's so weird. There's like from scene to scene, there's like things where you're just like, what's your tone? Yeah. Because there's like, there's, 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 there's a point where the mom mm. is, uh, it's a flashback. And like you have a thing where uh, something's happening and she's reacting Adam's family issue. Just yeah. like, you know, you're accused of murder, being led away in chains. Yeah. I've never been more attracted to you. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> but we see like seconds earlier, there mm-hmm. was a scene where she's in tears at like all of this is going on and like, you know, the murder that's occurred. It's like, well, which are you? Which beat are you playing here? Like, did you watch the movie the the tv show seconds ago yeah like yeah. no you it's just so weird that they that they that uh, yeah okay but here's a problem i really had which was like because you've introduced now a supernatural element to things um then then okay you have there was one scene where i really that i really liked where wednesday goes uh you know, I never believed in heaven. I never believed in hell. But I believe in blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Okay. So she doesn't think that there's an afterlife. Mm-hmm. She just thinks this is all there is now. And that's her belief system. And that's that's very interesting. Yeah. Okay. doesn't explain and, the supernatural, but okay, go on. And then later on, you know, there's someone who's just like, you know, oh, he just came from hell. And hell's real. And we're just yeah, going to yeah. go like that. Well, you just... Like, what's that to you? What's hey, you that believe mean? In hell. Like, I don't believe in hell. Yeah, I just got back from hell yesterday. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, she doesn't believe in ghosts, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and then there's a ghost. Okay, anything? Nope. <laughs> just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Doesn't that shake up your worldview a little bit? Yeah, no, nothing. No. All right, don't no. give a shit. All right, that's fine. Oh, that's weird. 
Yeah. You're right. What are you doing? I'm What's so glad going? I turned it off after 15 minutes, if that. There was a, a, I gave it 15 minutes, all right? This is me That's being all I deserved. super, super, I, I, you know, listen, it was watchable. <laughs> um, but, but, uh, but it did, it was like very, very scattered. Uh, there's also a scene where at some point, and it just bugs me when people do this now, where someone, uh, like the sheriff goes like, you and your little Scooby gang. So it's like, okay, first of all, that's like a Buffy the Vampire Slayer thing. <laughs> and also true. it's been used by like other shows since. Yeah. So knock that shit off. Mm-hmm. But also, this is me being hyper nerdy. It's just like <laughs> the Adams family have teamed up with Scooby-Doo. So stop it. <laughs> they exist in the same universe. Oh, yeah, on oh. the old Scooby-Doo, uh, right. you know, uh, you know, comedy hour or whatever it was. Yeah. yeah, they teamed up with the Adams family back when Pugsley mm-hmm. was played by who? Uh, the yeah. animated version of Pugsley. Yeah. on the old Adams family cartoon, like back in the seventies. Back in the seventies, played by I don't know who Jodie Foster. Oh, really? Yeah, Jodie Foster was the voice of Pugsley. Oh, that's funny. Did she like make like a deep voice kind of thing? Like yeah, she, she kinda... was a little girl, so like little girls played uh, little boys back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was just a, a regular thing, and she played everything. So yeah, it's interesting when you go like if you want to list like people who are in the Adams family that you don't remember <laughs> were... in the Adams family. That was someone there, who was in the Adams family. Wow, that's interesting. What what I've been watching on Netflix because I I'm not watching Wednesday is Guillermo del Toro's uh, Cabinet of Curiosities. Oh, what do you think? Um. I actually really like it a lot. Oh, that's great. Especially the third one I watched, which is called The Autopsy, which features uh, F. Murray Abram. Is that his name? F. Murray Abraham. 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 And uh, it's really good. Like, really, really good. Are they hour long? They're half an hour. Oh, nice. I think they're just a half an hour. I, I haven't timed them, but it seems to me they're around a half an hour. And, like, the first one was fine. It was fine. It's, it featured um, Tim, two other names... Tim, two other name guy, who was in like, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And Okay. You know who I mean, right? Yep. But I can't remember his name. That's fine. I'll, but, I'll, I'll tell you in a second. But he, uh, he plays like a, kind of a, a mean, like one of those guys who buys storage lockers and, and then parts it out to get money out of it, you know, like kind of, okay. you know, invests whatever, $450 in a, in a storage locker and then. Tim Blake Nelson. Tim Blake Nelson. And then hopes it'll. The leader in the Hulk. He's what's right? He's in the he's in the Hulk movie, The Incredible Hulk. Okay, uh, and then he's going to be like the leader in uh, in uh, some future uh, Marvel stuff. Okay, yeah. He's also in in uh, that Watchmen TV show. Oh yes, he is. He's That's very right. good in that as well. He's a good actor. He is a good actor. You're right. He did a really good movie uh, that he I think he directed it with um, with Ed Nor- Ed Norton. And I think Ed Norton plays two roles in it. Man, it's been a while since I watched it. It's called called like Leaves of Grass or something like that. It was a good movie. Anyway, um, yeah, so he plays like this kind of mean, you know, whatever they call those guys. Storage locker. Storage locker war guys. Storage wars. Yeah. And uh, and that was a a pretty good episode. And then the uh, the other one I watched, which um, Mary said she couldn't get through, which I can understand, which is this guy who. It's not gruesome. Creepy. It's more kind of. makes you want to squirm it's more of a squirmy okay. one because it involves rats oh, in a graveyard okay. it's called graveyard rats and it's yep. a guy it's a guy who's like a caretaker who uh has ended up in debt and so he's robbing the graves uh, but the rats keep stealing the bodies before he can get to them and so he ends up following these rats down a tunnel into this sort of rat world and it uh gets squirmy <laughs> but it's fun and what's nice is they have like a giant rat in it and it's like a real puppet they use like a puppet rat for this, you know, it's it's much more effective when that's happening, you know, when it's like a real 
pretend rat biting a guy's leg rather than a CGI rat that doesn't look, yeah. you know, you just know it's not real. It doesn't work. And I'm sure there's CGI elements, but they, you know, most of it was uh, practical, which I, so I did Del great. Toro like write or direct. He wrote the first one. Okay. And he's most, he's more just the host. He's like the executive producer sort of overseeing it and stuff like that. But the autopsy is a very, very enjoyable one. Like I really liked it. Uh, oh, David S. Goyer wrote it. He adapted it from a story by someone else. Yeah. yeah. And, Michael uh, Shea. what's that? Michael Shea. Yeah. And it, but it was a really good, uh, highly recommended to people. It's, it's not super scary in my opinion. Like, I don't know. I'm not like super scared by movies. So, mm-hmm. uh, I know I haven't watched that movie that Nina, <laughs> so I've watched that, that Korean movie that Nina was telling me I should watch. So maybe if I watch that, said, I should not watch. Uh, I, I might, uh, the, which apparently is very atmospheric, which is my, totally my, uh, my poison when it comes to horror. That's where I fall apart. But, um, it's more just like a really clever story, a really s- clever s- revenge story that uh is yeah it's good okay i recommend it so if you're it's it's still you know it still has a horror elements to it it's sort yeah. of science fiction horror okay but it's very good and it goes places you don't expect and that's what i always want from something so there we go there's our two uh recommendations of the not I, recommendations i'm, I'm gonna rec- <laughs> i'm gonna recommend yeah. uh uh the new one Mike Birbiglia is the new one. Okay, on okay, yeah. And you're recommending Cabinet of Curiosities, Curiosities particularly the autopsy. Like, Very I think good. if you start there, if you're just like curious if it's if it's any good or if you're be interested in it, watch watch Cabinet that episode. Of, if you're curious, the Cabinet of Yes. All right. Yeah. Um, do we want to turn to the land of music at the at the moment? Sure. All right. Very good. Last week on the show, uh, we tried to do some music, and Nina went, "No, shut up, shut up, <laughs> shut your damn mouth, shut up, shut up." And we're like, "Oh, well, that's uh, not what you said at all. Why am I remembering it that way?" <laughs> but as yes. you know, I had a concussion, so that's I true. You were loved, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I assume Nina was on the show last week. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't, I don't, yeah, I'm not I, sure. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. She said it was her birthday the week before. I think. Yeah. I don't know. But then my wife says it's her it's birthday all, this week. So I don't know. People it's all very, it's all very confusing. It's all very, very confusing. All these birthdays everywhere. Yeah. It so, sounds like people have them like once a year or something. Oh, well, that's the problem. Right. If they would just have it once in their life. So once upon a time, uh, uh, Dave uh, had a podcast. And the podcast was called Sneaky Dragon Listening Party. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was Can't delightful. It. Everyone enjoyed it. And he went, screw that. I quit. <laughs> and he stormed out, said some things, burned yeah, some bridges. Maybe some regrets. Maybe some regrets. Uh, it was co-hosted by Mary Dedrick. Yeah. Uh, she was shocked. Um, <laughs> by the conclusion? It, uh, there's a lot of stuff still in court. I think she was relieved. Right. There's a lot of stuff there. still in court, uh, so yeah. I can't really get into it. Mm-hmm. But Dave is legally allowed to do short bits of the Sneaky Dragon listening party now. Yeah. Uh, but he was also required by uh, the court to do uh, a podcast about horses <laughs> uh, yeah. with with, uh, with his wife, uh, Lisa. Yeah. So uh, he does horse mysteries now. That is a legal obligation. Mm-hmm. Please listen to that podcast as well. But uh, you're allowed now to do short uh, bits uh, on a theme. Uh, so why don't you tell us what you got this week? Okay. Well, a little while ago, uh, Laurel wrote to us and she asked, she asked if I would do... She asked. She asked if I would do one... Uh, on the theme of children, like songs that singers have written about their children. Oh, okay. So, all right. So, not just generic children. Not just generic children. These are all songs. Almost all the songs are directly. This is not teach your children well. It's not teach your children well by yeah, written by people who never had children. That's right. This is not throw your children in a well. This is not but, like the Violent Femme song about yes, throwing your children. Yeah, in his a well. daughter, and that's true. He did throw his daughter in a well. Yeah. 
That's true. But that's just an, an imaginary song that doesn't really, it didn't really happen. Sure it is, Dave. Sure it is. <laughs> but these are songs written by the musician about their children. Okay, very good. And so we're going to start, we're going to start off goofy. This, oh, so this it's, is a pretty goofy song. All right, so this is like Goofy singing about his. A this song. is not. This is not Goofy. Like the, oh, okay. you're not the, the thinking the wrong Goofy. I mean Goofy in the general sense of it's kind of silly. Uh, this okay. is the Beach Boys from their 1977 album "Love You." Beach okay. Boys "Love You," uh, and the song is "I Want to Pick You Up." And uh, let's give it a listen, and we can talk about it when we come back. Here we go. I love to. Cause you're still a baby to me Cribs and cradles and bottles and toys Part of the joys they bring I want to wash your face Change your clothes and button your shoes Walk with you Then I'm gonna make you sing In the morning I could wake you up Feed you breakfast from a little cup I want to pick you up Rock you back and forth and make you smile Shampoo your hair Be careful not to sting your eyes When it's night I'll put you in your bed And I'll bend and kiss you on your head I want to pick you up Rock you back and forth and make you smile She's gone to sleep, be quiet, pat, 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 pat her on her butt. She's going to sleep. All right. That was I Want to Pick You Up. What did you think? I thought uh, it was uh, very Randy Newman-esque. Oh, me. really? Okay. Yeah, I thought it sounded like the kind of song you would do now. It was uh, almost evidence, like this song. It was a little creepy. It was almost evidence. I didn't, I really, I didn't like the line about like, I want to tickle your feet, but that's, I got a feet issue. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, so uh, a little, a uh, little ooh for me, a little, uh, ooh, I didn't, uh, did not care for it that much. Well, I think the ooh in the song, but then I, mean, I am not a parent. I, you I, tell me. Yeah, I like the song because it's, it's about a time when, yeah, when your kids are just like these little things that 
you you are their you are the center of their universe. You know, like it takes a while before your kids like they you they you know they sit in judgment of you. You know, right like, now and co-host now, your podcast. That's right. Now my children, you know, look at me with forbearance <laughs> rather than love. You know, but one one once upon a time, <laughs> they looked upon me with with great love. So. um but yeah, it's got that element to it. But what you know, what makes this song kind of—I—I I don't think it's—I think it's kind of charming myself. I, but it's just kind of um, you know the reality of the song is that it's you know like basically so okay basically this is from the Beach Boys Love You. Let's just talk a little bit about the back backstory right. to this album. All so right. so now Brian Wilson, as you know, suffered a you know a mental breakdown uh, around the time he was making uh, Smile. Right. He did suffer. He had like a psychotic breakdown. Pro- he does have like a actual mental illness and he's been living with that for a long time for many years it went undiagnosed you know so he was just treating himself with drugs right to you know and laying in bed and being depressed so it was a mi- mixture of depression and and probably a bit of schizophrenia in there as well okay that was not being treated properly and you know, so for a long time, you know, he would have l- dribs and drabs where he would be involved with the albums. You know, he was pretty involved with like um, a Sunflower, the the first album the Beach Boys did for Warner Brothers. But, but by the time he got to like Holland, he was pretty much out out of the band in terms of like he didn't tour with them, he didn't write very much on the album. The major thing he did was was this sort of a song suite that was released as a separate single that came out with the album. So when you bought Holland, inside the album there was a 45. Okay. That a two-sided 45 that had this little uh little kind of piece on there that was sort of a story with songs that Brian Wilson had done for that. And but then he just kind of faded out. And then, you know, there's a lot of concern about him, you know, his drug addiction and you know, and a lot of problems he was having. And so they brought in this uh now infamous psychotherapist at the time someone who really did help him, this guy named Eugene Landy, who came in and created this very strict uh, routine and system that he had to follow of, you know, of diet and, you know, and obviously not having drugs, but going, having the proper medication and things to help him. And part of that treatment became this kind of, and also the fact that the band was kind of suffering a commercial setback. And they had just you know, like in a couple years previous had put out like Endless Summer, which was a collection of, of all their like great capital singles, which was very popular at the time. Like as a kid, I think back to that time and I, I would think to myself, I always wondered like, why when I was a kid did I feel like I was growing up in this Beach Boys world where like when I went on vacation, all we listened to were like Beach Boys songs. And then when I look back time-wise, oh, that's when Endless Summer came out. So that was available and everyone was sort of reliving all those great classic songs in that time, you know, Fun, Fun, Fun and Catch a Wave and all those great songs that people love. Surfing USA, blah, blah, blah. So, so people were like, Brian Wilson was a genius. Like this guy really knew what he was doing. Like this is amazing stuff. So then the Beach Boys were like, we got to get Brian back in the studio and like get him making all this great stuff again. Forgetting the fact that he was like this very yeah. sad, broken down person who, you know, had pretty much, you know, lost all his, interest all his ambition you know so they did this album called 15 big ones which was brian in the studio brian working with musicians but but he was really like almost forced to do this it was like a torture for him and there's some song you know some songs were were it was mostly covers with a few originals and it came out and it was like brian's back brian's back in the beach boy this is the biggest thing ever and people bought it and it wasn't that great it was so so album so then 
they still wanted him to be working though. So, so uh, Mike Love and Al Jardine, two members of the group who weren't related to, well, weren't directly related to him. Mike Love is his cousin. Uh, they weren't very interested in this, but Carl and Dennis, his actual brothers, kind of helped him to do the, the next album. And it was almost going to be like a, a Brian Wilson solo album. That's how okay. it was almost planned. It was going to be called Brian Wilson Loves You. That was the name of the album. Oh, okay. All right. And he did these songs for it. It was him in the studio by himself. It's all synthesizers, like mini moogs and, 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 uh, old, uh, ARP, I think it's called, like old synthesizers at that time period. A lot of squanching sounds, you know, all the songs <laughs> are kind of like, wah, wah, you know, like, and he played drums on it and he pretty much did it all by himself and he wrote all the songs himself. You know, they're all kind of like inspired by the moment that he was in and he just sort of wrote a song around it. So he saw his kids. He went, I love my kids. I'm going to write this song. So he wrote this song, I want to pick you up, you know, which celebrates his little daughters, you know, who later would be in uh, Wilson Phillips, right? So Carney and Wendy, his two daughters. And, uh, but combined with that is the fact that all of the brothers, and they all kind of share vocals on this song. So as Dennis and as Carl and, and Brian singing on it, they're all wiped out. Like their voices are just like hoarse from smoking for, for 20 years, from all the cocaine, from everything else that's going on in their lives. They just sound like complete, like derelicts who wandered into a studio and just started singing about their children. You know, I want to be, you know, it's just like, so it has that sort of icky feeling to it because they're like, it's not, yeah, yeah, it's not like the young, fresh face, you know, fresh voice kids of the past who could woo. You know, and do all their vo- their high falsettos and everything. No, that's all gone. Like Brian's voice is like gone from like a, a tenor. Now he's a baritone because it's you know he's just smoked it to death. It's gone. And in a way, he did it intentionally because he hated that high voice. Like he felt that it was embarrassing and unmanly. So he he intentionally de- destroyed that voice. Uh, and so yeah, you get this kind of weird. You know, you know. Da, 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 you know, and, song- and all the songs are like that on there too. Like they're really touching songs. There's like airplane and there's. Um, the night was so young or something like that and like other songs in there and they're all sung with this like destroyed voice you know but in a way it makes it more <laughs> Maybe touching that does make it, yeah, yeah, it makes yeah. it more touching in a way to me like i can understand like you know it's almost like outsider music but by done by people who are really talented yeah you know like a lot One of outsider of the most famous bands in the world that's right like a lot of outsider music is done by people not to say they're not talented but there's something about them that's off-putting or it's just kind of like squeaky or whatever about it that you're just kind of like oh that's fine but but, you know, it's not the greatest thing in the world. Whereas this is like, it's not the greatest thing in the world, but it's really good. And it's done by people who are like having some problems. And uh, they're just hanging on by their fingernails and they got this album out. But here you go. They, they want to pick you up. Pat, 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 patter on the butt. <laughs> I just love all that stuff because it's so, it's just so intimate and, 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 and un, and can, candid. You know, it's not sung through like a, a filter of what what do people want to hear. It's just, uh, what, this is what I feel like talking about. Okay. You know? And I enjoy that. There's a song on the album called Johnny Dave Carson. Chappelle, no, a song on there called Johnny Carson where he just sings about Johnny Carson. <laughs> sure. All right. It's great. Um, it's, it's in a list of other songs that I'm going to do one day. You'll hear it one day. Okay. It's in, my, it's in my list. But yeah, so okay, let's go on to our next song then. So this song is... Um, this is XTC. This is an Andy Partridge song from their uh, 1989 album, Oranges and Lemons. Yeah. This came out after Skylarking. So they had a big yep. hit with the Skylarking album, Dear God, and stuff like that. Yeah. And everyone, everyone's, they're like, XTC is back. And they're like, oh, we're so back. We're going to do a double album. It's going to be like kind of psychedelic. And we're going to take a lot of the stuff, tricks we were doing as Dukes of Stratosphere. Do you know Dukes of Stratosphere? No. 
Okay, so though I did have oranges and lemons, it's a very good album. Yep. Don't blame. Don't blame you. Um, I, had, had, I had Skylarking as well. That's another good album. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the best songs about Supergirl was on that. That's right. You're really super Supergirl. And uh, so around that time period, as sort of a lark, they the Skylark. A Skylark, which they did before. They did like a Christmas single as the Three Wise Men. You know, not, it wasn't advertised as an XCC single. And not a partridge in a pear tree? That's a Man, missed opportunity. That's a missed opportunity, but that Whoops. maybe would have been too big of a hint. All right. So, but they did an album. They did an EP, actually. It came out. It had four songs in it, done by a band called the Dukes of Stratosphere. And it was done as if they were like a 60s group. Oh, all So right. all the songs are kind of pastiches of songs okay. from the 60s. And so... uh and that was, you know, it did well enough that they did like a whole album called Sonic Sunspot as Dukes of Stratosphere. And they're both very good albums. But and Oranges and Lemons is sort of informed by the, that experience. So they kind of took the, what they enjoyed about the psychedelia fun of those pastiches and did them less as pastiches and more as like actual XTC songs with these touches to them. So it's a very good album. It's a double album. And, and uh, those are always are great, right? Everyone loves them. Except for the record label, who's like, why are you doing so many songs? But... um on this album is a celebration of Andrew Partridge's son, oh, nice. who was just born while the album was being prepared. And so Andrew Partridge wrote this song, okay. Pink Thing, about his son. But being Andy Partridge, he couldn't resist to make it so that it also might be about his penis. And so there's a lot of double entendre about right. the fact didn't that... P- didn't pick up on that? Okay. Okay, well, let's give All it right. a listen and you right. see if you pick it up and okay. see if the audience picks it up. Let's hear it. This is Pink Thing by XTC. Here we go.
All right, we're back. So what do you think of this song? Well, now that I know it's about a penis. <laughs> it's not. It's I sort of about I feel a little both. odd with whatever I'm saying. Uh, I was yeah. going to say it's funky and I like the beat. But yeah, I don't yeah. want to like the beat of the penis. <laughs> Uh, but I like XTC, and I did. I yeah. did know you know. You know the I like song. Their song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, no, I did, it was very enjoyable. I, I like me some XTC. Sure. You know? And I mean, that's the essence of Andy Partridge is someone who's subversive. So he's going to subvert yeah. the form. So yeah. You know. And what what uh, what era did this come out of? Like around what year? Eighty nine. Eighty nine. Okay, yeah. this is good because this is the era uh, of songs. Where I'm like, I really enjoy that song. You're like, you know it's all about this, don't you? <laughs> what? No, I didn't know that. Well, okay. If you like... I'm well, like, all right. If you're into that... I'm like, I didn't know. I thought it was just a happy song about... Okay, buddy. <laughs> all right. What do you mean, Crisco Kisses is about... Well, it's about this. Okay, fine. Yeah. Enjoy. But I think well, the, the nice thing about that, though, is that... Yeah, you can enjoy it the way you did as the text... Yeah. You can enjoy the text. And then you walk by going, you know, the subtext is, what? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Yeah, but still. I gotta go see Scrooge. But still. All right. Now, enjoyable. XTC, two thumbs up for XTC. All right. So now we're going to move on to maybe a more difficult song. Okay. Because I didn't want this to just be, yay, kids are great. I wanted it to be about songs that parents have written about some of the difficulties, too, about having children. And so this is Joni Mitchell. This is from her 1971 album, Blue, mm-hmm. and uh, which, of course, has the song Carrie on it, which is a great song. Do other songs in this uh, in this in Blue have colors in their names? No. This is the only one? There's song, well, there's a song Blue on Blue. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. All yeah. right. Yeah. But there's Blue, there's Little Green, and that's where the theme ends. I think so, yeah. All I don't right. think she was trying to do like a color theme. All right. Just I think it's sing that they had Little Green on Blue. I think it's Blue means sadness, not... Blue is in the color blue. All right. Because it's a pretty sad album. Very so, good. Carrie is a fun song, but the album itself is fairly, fairly sort of low key. But uh, this, so this is uh, Little Green from Blue. So let's give it a listen and we'll talk about it when we come back. This is Joni Mitchell. cannot fade her call her green for the children who've made her little green be a gypsy dancer he went to California hearing that everything's warmer And saying her eyes are blue, he sends you a poem, and she's lost to you, little green. He's a non-conformer, just a little green, like the color when the spring is born. There'll be crocuses to bring to school tomorrow just a little green 
like the nights when the northern lights perform. There'll be icicles and birthday clothes, and sometimes they'll be sorrows. Child with a child pretending. We. Lies you are sending home, so you sign all the papers in the family name. You're sad and you're sorry, but you're not ashamed. A little green, have a happy ending. Just a little green, like the color when the spring is born. There'll be crocuses to bring to school tomorrow. Just a little green, like the nights when the northern lights perform. There'll be icicles and birthday clothes, and sometimes there'll be so. Yeah, I mean, I'm Canadian, so I have to like Joni Mitchell. That's the law. <laughs> you I, are required. You have, to, by... you have to like Gordon Lightfoot, yeah. Joni Mitchell, and Murray. There's certain Burton Cummins to a degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, no, it was a it was a, a very sweet song. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, as you know, I'm adopted. Yes. So you know, uh, hearing that song was like, oh, that's an interesting thing, and I've never I've never met my uh, birth mother. Mm. So yeah, there was a little bit of like, huh. It's interesting. Yeah, hit a couple of notes inside me uh, on that. But yeah, Joni Mitchell is amazing. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. She's she's like multi levels. Like mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you're getting it. You're getting it. <laughs> you can't just go. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. Uh, yeah, this song is yes is about. Um, so in the mid '60s, she was she became pregnant. She had sex with a guy, mm-hmm. and she got pregnant. Sure. I don't know. It's weird. But this happened to her. People were having sex. This happened to her. Yeah. And so um, she was pregnant and the guy was not interested in being a dad Mm -hmm. and having anything to do with the baby. Right. He had 60 stuff to do. He had 60 stuff to do. He had, he had, I'm a jerk things to do. And so, but at the same time, I mean, maybe that's the honest thing. Yeah. You know, we could get married, but it would just be a disaster. So why, why would we do that? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with giving a kid up for adoption. And so... Yeah, and she, and she was just on, you know, just kind of on the verge of her career. Yeah, she was just starting out in in sort of the coffee clubs and stuff in in in, uh, in Montreal, I think, is where she was living at that time. And so, yes, she decided to give up the baby for adoption because she didn't think she'd be able to support right them t- together, right? Okay, so what year was this? It's mid sixties, yeah. Yeah, well, how, how mid sixties? Where where do we? Where are well, we this leaving? is the irony of it, right? Yeah, yeah. You're going to say because a couple of years later. Well, I'm just like, yeah, we're getting real close to like, I was born in Montreal in oh, like okay, okay. 67. And yeah. 
I'm asking if I'm the kid in this, uh, and no, you're revealing it to no. me in this bizarre way. And they went like, was, you know, they a, changed it from boy to girl just to uh, she had a throw the throw the scent off a she, little bit. She had a, and, uh, she had a daughter. We, uh, we got someone here for you today to meet. <laughs> Come on in. No, she, she did have a daughter. She did. Have okay, a daughter. very good. And um, so she gave her daughter up for adoption, and this song kind of comes out of her regrets because it wasn't too many years later that she started to become popular and then became famous. You know, mm-hmm. and had a very good career and could have supported a child. Whether that would have happened if she had a child is a different question, of course, because that would have changed how her life would have worked. You know, like going out to coffee clubs and. And oh, hundred percent! It would change your life. Yeah, you know, and it would have made it Who maybe had a less child likely. And it didn't change their life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it changed my life. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm just yeah. I'm just joking, Chris. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's why you're not a folk singer, right? <laughs> she did meet her daughter later. I mean, part of the arrangement when she gave up gave up her daughter for adoption yep. was that she did not know who adopted her. She wasn't allowed to know. Yep. So she couldn't like go back and like try to erase what happened. Uh, so she did meet her daughter later in life, but it didn't really work out to, there was a lot of feelings on both sides that were hard to, to, uh, navigate. And so it wasn't like totally successful. And I think that's maybe a common thing. I don't know how, but, you know, you make your choices, right? Did she have another daughter? Like, or was I this her only daughter? I don't think so. I think this was her only daughter. I don't know. She, I don't know if she ever. Okay. I'm not certain. I don't know her whole life, to be honest with you. Okay. I just have a memory of like, uh, going, to uh toronto and like seeing a concert and someone going this is i feel like they were saying this is joni mitchell's daughter who's performing tonight and i and i watched the concert it was it was quite good Mm. and i met her afterwards and i like i feel like it was joni mitchell's daughter so like i don't know if like she uh uh, but maybe i'm remembering this incorrectly okay yeah i don't know this was quite a while ago okay yeah i don't i don't know i don't think she did okay i don't think she had a child after that she uh, okay all right all right. She lived a working life. Okay, fair enough. I'm now trying to see... While you're doing that, let's listen to another song. All right. Uh, so uh, so this song is... Uh, this is a painful song, I think, for most parents to listen to. Because I don't think there's many parents... I don't think there's any parents, but I don't think there are many parents who have felt that they've lived a completely uh, spotless life as a parent, that they never made a mistake as a parent, that they never raised their voice or even raised a hand to a child. I think that's less common now, raising a hand, but I think raising a voice is something parents still do. And uh, this is Loudon Wainwright, the third, from his 1992 album, uh, which is an interesting album because it has a couple of songs. It has Father and Son, mm-hmm. which is a song he wrote to his son, Rufus Wainwright. Right. So, sorry, his children are... Martha yeah. Wainwright, Rufus Wainwright... And then uh, he has a third child whose name is Sloan Wainwright. Okay, I was going to go Zeppo Wainwright. <laughs> Not Zeppo, no. Okay. Uh, Sloan Wainwright that he had. So his first two children are with uh, the uh, Canadian singer, uh, An- I think Anna McGarrigal? Kate? One of the two. Okay. Which I should know that, shouldn't I, as a Canadian? Maybe it's Kate McGarrigal. I think Kate McGarrigal. They had, anyway, he had children with a McGarrigal, one of the McGarrigal sisters. And then he had a child with one of the Roach sisters, uh, with uh, Suzy Roach. They were married for a time. Okay. And I think Loudon Wainwright, he seems like if you see him in something, if you see him interviewed or talked to, he seems very nice. He seems like a very nice person. Mm-hmm. But I think he's a very complicated man. And I think that he is a person who puts his uh, career and his, his vocation ahead of all, everything else in his life. 
for the good or good and bad. And so I was going to put a song in here, which is a song from his 1979 album, whatever it's called, can't remember now, Final Exam, called Pretty Little Martha. And I thought that's kind of a fun song and it's very nice. But then I was reading that he wrote that song for her, but he, for her fifth birthday, but he wasn't there for her fifth birthday. Okay. He was in England working. And I thought, okay, that kind of sums him up, you know. And he's, he's had a kind of a difficult relationship with his kids. They've all written songs about him. <laughs> uh, Rufus Wainwright's written Dinner at Eight, uh, which is a very interesting song about their relationship, a very fraught relationship. His dad had a hard time with his, his sexuality, with, his, with Rufus Wainwright's sexuality. Uh, Martha Wainwright wrote Bloody Motherfucking Asshole about him. Okay. Uh, which kind of sums up how she feels about her dad. Okay. It feels like a hard thing to rhyme. Okay. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't think that was the point of the song. And then, um, and yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Sorry. Yeah, my, my, my daughter wrote a song about me. What's it called? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, he wasn't happy about that. He wasn't happy about it. Okay. But. All right. You know, he's had to acknowledge Too bad. that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tough luck. Yeah. 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 You make your bed. <laughs> yeah. You make your bed. And, um, you know, like, he's written, I think he's written, like, five songs about his kids. There's all, Rufus is a tit man. Um, okay. Which is about, his, I mean, as a baby, it's like a okay, fun, yeah, fun I'm, song uh, about I'm being assuming, a yeah, because yeah, uh, from what we know, nope. So, so this came from his 1992 album, which is called History, which is him kind of looking back at his life. So, like I say, there's father and son in there, a song about Rufus. There's this song about Martha. Okay. There's a song about his father. His father passed away that year and about, and his, him dealing with the... You know the idea of mortality and his, his father, and his, he didn't get along with his father, so it's kind of an interesting, you know, history. Anyway, okay. So let's listen to this song. This song is called "Hitting You," mm-hmm. uh, and it's from history. It's from okay. 1992. Let's give a listen, everyone. Here we go. Long ago I hit you We were in the car You were crazy in the back seat It had gone too far And I pulled the auto over Hit you with all my might I knew right away it was too hard And I'd never make it right I was aiming for your buttock But I struck your outer thigh You had on a bathing suit and right before our eyes Suntan skin turned crimson where the hand it hit And my palm stung from hitting you so hard that I hurt it Against the law in Sweden, charges can be filed Here it's all too common, a parent hits a child On your face I saw the shock and then I saw the pain Then I saw the look of fear, the fear I'd strike again Then I saw your anger, your defiant pride And then I saw one tear drop, the rest you kept inside 
I said I was sorry I tried to clean the slate But with that blow I'd sown a seed I saw it was too late These days things are awful Between me and you All we do is argue like two people who are through I blame you, your friends, your school, your mother and MTV Last night I almost hit you, that blame belongs to me Long ago I hit you, we were in the car You were crazy in the backseat It had gone too far and I pulled the auto over I'd hit you with all my might I knew right away it was too hard I'd never make it right We're back. Okay. So there you go. That was the song. It's an interesting song. It's not a defense. It's not a, it's not a, it's, yeah, it's a, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's, yeah, you're, you're right. It's, it's a conversation starter. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a conversation starter. It's a, it's a song about, it's a song I think of, of in a way an attempt to, apologize through song to his daughter you know to say do you think uh okay so the, the whether she would accept that or not i don't well, that's you know none of our it's, business. it's none of our business it's, yeah. her, it's her it's her yeah. place to do that and it's yeah. not really yeah regardless whether she does or not mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that not for us yeah um to say uh okay so but is the apology uh if it is an apology uh and not just an interesting song yeah uh <laughs> is is the apology uh i shouldn't have hit you or is the apology, I hit you too hard. I lost control. Yeah. But, you know, he does, he does say you were out of control. Mm-hmm. So is it, is, is the idea behind the, and we won't know because, you know, yeah, all yeah. we have is the song. Yeah. That's right. And the song will not answer our questions. Yeah. But like, is it, is the idea is like, you know, it was okay to hit you because, you know, back then, you know, you'd hit your kid mm-hmm. if they were acting up in the back seat. Yeah. Uh, uh, at least we all ducked the hand. Okay. The hand reaching behind. Not, the not seat. wrong. Yeah, it is a stereotype. <laughs> you know, it's like I'm going to turn this car around and then the dad whacking the hand back there. Yeah. Uh, so is 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 the apology shouldn't have hit you? Mm-hmm. Period. Or is the apology hit you too hard? Yeah. Uh, that's the, that was the mistake. Do you think? Uh, what's your what's your thoughts on that? Well, that's a good that's a good question. So it's like uh, if it's we look okay at it, to have spanked yeah. you, but I. I, I left like a big old bruise, and that was the mistake. And I to, think I, I mean you know. I think that he comes down against hitting your kids because he mentions Sweden making it illegal, and then he says, "But here in America, it does happen." But he says it in a way that's like that's not you know that's not so great. Like maybe Sweden knows what they're doing to make it illegal to hit your children. Mm-hmm. And but he does also admit in the song that when later when she's grown up, that he also almost hit her. Uh, so obviously he has temper. He has problems controlling his temper. Is it te- okay? Is it temper or is it? This is the thing. It's like, you know, is is the thing that was an error? Yeah. Uh, in 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 what I yeah yeah that's a th- that's the thing. I think like, that's what he's saying. I shouldn't have lost my temper. I don't think he's. I per- shouldn't have lost my temper. Mm-hmm. Okay. Again, it's it it comes down to you know. But I don't. Like, is the yeah. action wrong? Listen, you know, here's yeah. where it comes down to. It's like yeah. basically like if you were to say like. You know, I, I hit my wife today. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! Yeah, too hard. 
Yeah. Okay, then we're having a different conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're saying, you know, and I'll I'll know next time mm-hmm. that I should like, you know, pull my punch. Mm-hmm. You know, that was my mis- that was my that, mistake. That was mistake. But let me let me repeat in this song a couple of times. Yeah. She was asking for it. <laughs> okay, I didn't just do this out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. I'm no monster. Mm-hmm. It was it things were going crazy there, yeah. and I had to do something, and so I did as you do. Hit my kid. Yeah. But whoops, that was the problem. Was I was mad at the time, so I made a mistake yeah. in the degree that I that I struck my child. Yeah. And uh, and I regret the degree that I did. So to to me, of course, like it's an all or nothing situation. It's like okay, so hitting your child in the back seat of a car yeah. is wrong. The end. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the end of it. And also, she was acting up. Fuck you. It's nothing to do with <laughs> she was acting up. Don't give me your motivation. I yeah, don't give yeah. a shit. Yeah. And I don't give a shit like, you know, it was hard. It was soft. It was this. It was mm-hmm. that. That's that's all wrong. That's just my perspective as yeah, someone yeah. who got hit as a kid. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I got, Nick's, Nick's I got hit in the car, too. But, uh, yeah, I don't... Maybe having been a parent, I'm more forgiving because I, I understand that as parents, we... We lose our temper and we do stupid things that we regret afterwards. And that, not just hitting, you know, I remember one time getting upset at Eve because she spilled a glass of milk, which she did a lot. So it wasn't like it happened once. It was like the th- third time when I was like, so upset, I like took a napkin holder off the table and I threw it on the floor and broke it. You know, it's like, quit breaking things. And then I broke something. So yeah, it's just like one of those moments you're just like, ugh, yeah, ding dong. But yeah. you know. You lost your temper. You just that is a, that is a, a losing your temper and taking it out on an inanimate object. <laughs> yes, which is a different yeah, situation. Yeah, I'm just saying than, that it's not if it's not a shining moment either. Like your reaction should be, it's okay. Accidents happen. I understand. We'll take everything off the table. You're talking right and, now about, yeah. <laughs> about not about hitting your kid in the backseat. Okay, yes, yeah, you're yeah. talking about that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but, but regardless, listen. Yeah. Even okay. I, I mean, I think okay. It's so hard. Got, it's hard. Okay, I mean, but let I me, don't want to judge social that mores. situation yeah, that you yeah, just said. Yeah. So uh, spilt the milk the third time, and or uh, the whatever the hundredth time, whatever happened, yeah, the yeah, fucking yeah, time yeah. was, and then you smash a thing on the ground. Yeah. Okay. Now that's a learning situation. It's not just that shouldn't have happened, and uh, lots of regrets. Yeah. That's a okay. Now we got a learning thing here, which is I lost my temper. Mm-hmm. People lose their temper. Yeah. I took it out on something that did not you know did not feel pain yeah yeah i i regret that i lost my temper mm-hmm. i should have done this instead yeah that was my mistake and then you've now taught you know uh, or you know to whatever fucking degree is, <laughs> is, is, is to go like we're all going to lose our temper yeah what are you going to take it out on i don't know i'm going to like hit a pillow i'm going to throw something and um, it you know yeah. that'll be something that'll make me look dumb and i shouldn't have done it but yep. I, I took it out on an object mm-hmm. that's a different situation than we can all admit you were asking for it and i hit you but mm-hmm. i hit you too hard yeah that's that's on another planet mm-hmm. than than throwing a napkin sure. thing on the ground. Sure, I I get. I mean, the, I, the weird thing be, to me when I was a kid yeah. was, you know, my dad would hit me at random times, mm. which has fucked me up to this day. Yeah, um, but was it in anger? Usually, yeah. Okay, but well, who cares? Who gives a shit? Oh, well, I just because my one thing that I I feel about spanking kids is like it feels even worse to me if it's like you should only spank your kids when you're calm. Now, that just seems like crazy. Like. 
then you shouldn't spank your kids at all. If you're calm, you should be over it and not want to spank your kids at all. Like if you were spanking your kids, you grew up in a time when it was felt okay yeah. that kids deserve it. You're trying to define it. consequence. Yeah, yeah. And okay, here's what here's what that would be a parallel to, and I I don't think this is a good thing. Yeah. Either, but it's like okay, so you're at school, you did something wrong. Yeah. You're sent to the principal's office back in the day where they used to like to fucking brag about this, where they had a paddle. Yeah. And it was like, you've been sent there. Now the principal doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Like the yeah. principal's doing the principal office work and other thing, but it's like, <laughs> yeah. it, their job is I've got to paddle this kid yeah. X amount of times. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing this in anger. I'm doing it because I'm the consequence. It's, I'm the, yeah, it's duty. We have decided that yeah. the way to teach a child to not, you know, spill ink <laughs> is for me to strike them with a board on yeah. their ass. Ridiculous and fucking stupid. Yeah. But like, I don't see how that's any less traumatizing than the teacher just go, the getting mad in the heat of the moment yeah. and hitting the kid on the ass themselves. Yeah. You yeah. know, delaying it until whatever, whatever. I'm talking about parents. I'm not talking about the authority. But but, the, but the, it's the same reasoning. It's like. Yeah. People that believe spanking is okay is it's a consequence for action. Mm-hmm. It's not a thing of anger. It's yeah. a consequence for action. And they sure. will learn there is consequences for not cleaning your room. Yeah. And that is being spanked. And so they will learn through this, which, of course, is nonsense and insanity. Mm-hmm. But there's there's a logic to that. Whereas then the other parent is, you know, uh, I'm hitting them in the heat of the moment and... You know, it's all just rando. Yeah. You know, which I got the random slaps and what and what have you. Yeah. From, from the yeah. The only thing my dad ever apologized to me for was calling me stupid. Sure. And I remember at the time thinking, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I get called stupid all the time. at like, you know, from other kids and whatever, mm-hmm. you know, the hitting's what fucking matters. Mm. So who gives a, who gives a, who gives two fucks? But in your, I guess in your dad's mind, hitting was okay. That was acceptable punishment for whatever he thought i don't think i don't think he thought it was okay i think he was hit and so that's his thing or he was so frustrated with his life that his outlet was that yeah that could be that's that's bad i was i was how he blew off steam Mm -hmm. and you know by the time and and the weird thing is you know my sister who's two years younger than me doesn't remember any of this happening yeah stuff that i clearly remember happening to both of us she does not remember at all. Hmm. And we were once in like uh, like a therapy session about a separate issue. Yeah. And that got brought up. And she went, you know, you've said that for years and I never know what you're talking about. Hmm. And I went, hmm, okay. So that is some good gaslighting. And then my other sister, who is nine years younger, we were old enough at the time, or at least I'm remembering it this way. My other sister, of course, doesn't remember any of this happening. Uh, but I remember going, I'm not going to let him hit her. So like I'm gonna step in if this if this goes down mm. and I don't give a shit what happens to me because I'm not letting this happen to her. Yeah. So you know, uh, remembering that and and at that point I think he had internalized certain things and he changed as a person and I think the culture also changed enough yeah, that yeah. you know he'd be called out on this you know <laughs> yeah, and you yeah, couldn't yeah. and you couldn't uh, yeah. and you couldn't do it. So uh, so yeah so yeah it was a. I, the the thing that's a big red flag in in this for me is the constant repetition of uh, the reasoning for it mm. and the justification for mm-hmm. it. And it's like you know if this is an apology song, which I don't know if it is, uh, then you wouldn't necessarily have that because sure. you know you know you, you don't go mm. I hit you I hit you because you were doing this yeah, but the degree was too much yeah. but the hitting was okay. I mean, I, I like I got spankings as a kid, but they were like. 
for doing something. They weren't random things. Like I, I pushed my mom, and I knew I was pushing her. Are you saying physically, or are you no, saying- no, no? I'm just saying like I was doing whatever I was doing that was making her upset. Right. I knew I was making her upset. Right. And I still did it. And then I knew the moment when she went from I'm angry to I'm angry enough to go downstairs and get the spanking stick, which was a paint stick. Right. And she would bring it back. So she'd go downstairs and she'd bring it back up. And so you had the dread of her going down the stairs. She got hit with a stick. Yeah. Yeah. Like a, a paint, An object. A paint stick. Yeah. Okay. And, but when I say hit, she wouldn't like sit, sit us down or lean us over her or anything like that. She would just stand us and she would strike us with the stick. So then we would just like run, run away sure. <laughs> in circles. Cause you know, who wants to get hit with a stick? Yeah. Uh, so it was pretty much just complete chaos. Um, what do you think you learned from that? Nothing at all. I don't think it's great. I don't think it's a, a way to teach children. But my feeling about it, I don't, and I don't actually hold it against my mom or anything like that. Because I feel like in the, t- at that time, it was considered okay. You know, like no one, no one, including her, there's very few people. I mean, obviously there were people, but there were very few people who were like, would have condemned her for doing that. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. she just grew up in a time when that was considered to be okay. Right. You know, I got a spanking from my kindergarten teacher. At the time, it was considered to be okay for yeah, a teacher nuns to do that. In, uh, nuns in my Catholic school would hit our yeah. hands, you know, would ha- have her put our hands out with our, uh, our palms down, and she would slap the back of our hands uh, very hard, you know. And quite often, it would be uh, for the wrong thing. So yeah. she would, like, yeah. get the wrong kid. Mm-hmm. And, and at that point, that was, like, my first kind of experience of going, like, oh, they don't know. Yeah. So it's this is all just random. Sure. And this is all bullshit. Like, yeah. whatever the equivalent of that when you're uh, in second grade is. When I was a kindergartner, I, I was, of course, ups- I was very angry and upset that I got a spanking. Yeah, you should be. I got a spanking because I was late. And I was late a lot. So because I, right. I would wander and through you the were And you were driving yourself to school. You had your car. <laughs> and- I would wander through the, through the, through the park that was on our way yeah. to school and spent a lot of time fooling around before sure, I actually sure. got to school. Yeah, so you were, what do you call a child? Yes, that's right. So, you know, but at the same time, once again, it was acceptable at the time. No one would have condemned her for doing that. Some people you know? would have, but yeah, okay. Yes. But the majority of the culture would you not You grew have. up in the 70s. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, some people would have condemned There were some people, but I just mean they weren't the majority. They were a minority voice at that time period. Different than now. Diff- now times right. have changed. And when we look back at it, we... We go, that was, that was wrong, but we don't go, I don't at the same time go, but you were a monster to do that, mom. You know, like, I just feel like you were just acting the way that other parents acted and yeah, you were, don't have to be a monster. And there was no, uh, there was no, like, you know, Dr. Spock didn't say anything against it or whatever. So you not, not you know, you tried to do your best, you know, and, uh, are you checking out Dr. Spock? Yeah. I'm I don't curious, know if she read, I don't know if she read Dr. I'm Spock. I'm curious if Dr. Spock was a pro, uh, pro, uh, spanking. You know, and there were different there were different ages of Doctor Spock too. So yes, he might okay, have. Okay, so he uh, he originally said it was okay. Yeah, but in subsequent editions of the book, he changed dramatically and strongly discouraged it. Sure. Yeah, but my mom would have read the original <laughs> if she did read it at all. Yeah. You know, like you know, I just I'm just saying, like it's not. Uh, let me just turn this off, which I should have done anyway. Um. So anyway. Okay, but you that knew song. you knew that I was like oh, yeah. hit as a kid, and yeah, so yeah. you and you knew I was adopted. So you put these. No, in I didn't put them in for that reason. No, okay, no, no, all right, no, no, okay. No. I genuinely, but you, li- I genuinely but you were like aware these that yeah. they, they, it's like trigger time in the city. Okay, very good. I put them on there, and I th- because I like them, and I thought I didn't really think about the little green, 
But I, with hitting you, I thought, oh, Ian's not going to like this song very much. But it'll be interesting, his response. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's a conversation thing. It's, yeah. You know. I mean, the thing... That, I'm not trying to tease you or anything or taunt you. I'm just... It's just so weird to me now. Like, again, I've, again, I've just had nieces and nephews. I have not raised my own children. Yeah. But the, the, just the concept of, like, seeing children. Yeah. And the idea of, like, oh, we should hit them. Mm-hmm. Like, that would... That would, you know, when they're acting up and just like, you know what, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, bend them over my knee and I'll spank them. I'll hit them. Uh, it's just like, and just even like the stuff that my dad did to me, the yeah. idea of like just randomly, like that is just too beyond, beyond. Like mm-hmm. it's just insanity. Yeah, it's, and just, it's but even, even just like, oh, you know, to uh, solve this problem is spanking. And again, yeah, it was yeah. a very different time, and I understand it was a very different time. Yeah. But it wasn't that different time. Like it wasn't. It wasn't caveman fucking days. No. You know, we were. They were still people, and people still had feelings, and people could still still see the expression on children's faces. And it's just like, huh, that you thought, yeah, this is okay. This is this is fine. Sure. You know, you you're, you're hitting. You yes. know, my mom was mad enough to bite her tongue, so then we knew, we knew, we'd gone too far. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, it's kind of funny. Like kids weren't thought of as kids up until the 20th century like yeah. they weren't thought worthy of educating sure they weren't thought worthy of they were thought of as property you know and so when you know various you know busybody do-gooders started like to advocate against like having children work when they were children or having them have to go to school right to learn things these were met by resistance people didn't go that's a brilliant idea Let's get rid of this. You know, they know they're like, I need the money that my kid makes yeah, for me. And if you're a farmer, you got to have your kids work. Right? Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, listen, they can work, so they have to work. Yeah. I understand. Yeah, I yeah. get that. And uh, it's interesting because I was, I was reading about Buster Keaton. And, you know, Buster Keaton performed like from the age of five on stage uh, as part of the Keaton Act. You know, he was like the star of the show. They needed him in the act to be a successful sure. family show. But at the same time... There were, there was an organization called the Jerry Organization who made it, the, made a point of advocating for children not to work. Not just, you know, and unfortunately, for whatever reason, they became very concerned about child actors, like stage performers, which is really the, the least, you would think the least worst place for kids to be, like one of the least worst kids to be working. You know, there's a lot of other jobs which would have been way more terrible, like working in coal mines, which kids did, right. or working in factories, which kids did. Sure. That's much worse to me than kids performing on stage with their families in a family show. Yes, it can be exploitative, and I can see getting rid of that, but also it can be something that is a natural part of themselves that they express on stage with their family. And so there's a lot of stories from Buster Keaton about how they avoided these, what they thought of as like busybodies and guys who were like, interfering with their with their work lives right right? you know like they would dress them up so he looked like an adult they pretended he was like a little person rather than a child so they you know so they would make like a show of the fact that he was like an adult who was very small and so he played a five-year-old on stage wasn't actually a five-year-old right to try to get around these people you know because they were just always sniffing around looking for for kids to stop acting on stage (laughs) <laughs> right to help, so, help the children exactly yes. yeah so it's kind of funny this kind of attitude that they had which was this very backwards attitude but that was their attitude to, yep. to it you know here, here let me let me just say that here here's what i always think like when when people have the thing about hitting kids back in the old days or mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. it's like uh 
hey, you know, they won't understand anything but this. I can't reason with them. I yeah. can't talk to them. That's right. I can't reason with them. So the They're only kids. thing they will understand is physic is a physical slap. Yeah. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Let me follow up on that. So when uh, you're older, because you're going to get older, yeah. and you're probably going to get senile. Yeah. Now, there's going to be a point where I can't reason with you verbally. Would it be okay for me to slap you yeah. if, say, you're trying to leave the house and just give you, you know, just a good, like a good slap just so you understand. Where are you slapping them? I, oh, what's it matter? Where would you like me to slap them? Well, I'm just trying to figure if out. I slap, if I slap them on their bum, yeah. is that okay by you? Like, it's got to be enough to hurt. That's not a, lot of, it, not a lot of material there anymore, so. Okay, so, so, yeah. so no, where should I slap them? Because I've got to do something. I've got to do some sort of physical. <laughs> yeah. I've got to do some sort of physical, and I'm yeah. not going to say violence, but like yeah. you know, I've got to do some sort of physical, discipline, physical discipline. Phys- I got to inflict some pain upon okay. you yeah. because we've established yeah. that when you can't reason verbally with yeah. someone, yeah. you must. The option <laughs> is physical pain. Sure. And so, like when you're senile, oh man, is it okay that I slap you because yeah. I, I'm doing it for your own good? Sure. I got to think of that time it w- that also happened anyway. Oh, no, so. no, I understand that also yeah, yeah. happened. But the thing is, people will then normally go, no, that's wrong. Oh, okay. And I'm like, oh, and I know the reason that it's wrong yeah. is because that's in your future. <laughs> and this was in your past. Yeah. So because you're now exempt from this, yeah. it's okay. But the same logic that you're presenting here, mm-hmm. I mean, it's to protect the kid. Yeah. It's the only way. You know, that will be the case when you're, when you're senile mm-hmm. and you're wandering around and you're going to maybe wander into traffic. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure when you leave the door, I'm going to give you a good slap. Yeah. And then you'll know, oh, pain is outside. I should stay inside. Yeah. That's okay then. So just let me know that it's okay for me to hit you. Yeah. When you're old, uh, because we've established that's okay. And if that's not okay for you when you're old, it's sure fucking not okay to hit a kid to me. Because it's the same exact. Yeah, I'm not deal. arguing for kids to be hit. I don't. No. I don't think you. <laughs> no. Yeah. But you're saying you know don't judge people for having done. I'm it. saying from the past. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's not just in the past. There's people that still. Yeah, it shouldn't be doing it do. now. We, I pe- think we all. I mean, the no, no, we don't all. That's a real. No, no, no. I think most of. I think it's a difference now. The opinion. If you did a poll. Of people, whether children should be spanked well, or not, I think you'd find there's that the, a pole, there's the pendulum has swung quite a bit. Yeah, and also you're you're coming at it from a real, yeah. uh, you know, first generation North American background. Yeah. If you if you if you go culturally with a lot of other cultural backgrounds, and the idea of just like mom will hit you with a slipper, or mom yeah. will hit you with a this, or mom will throw this at you, sure, uh, you know, or dad will blah blah blah. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's uh, you know, yeah, it's, that's a first generation immigrant that in the yeah. pre the, the they're preceding generations that will also disappear as well because they will not have the old country ideas that that animate their what they do now the kids will have grown up in yeah, a culture we'll where it's not it's not thought of as a good thing we'll see hope so hope so what do you think spanky's going to come back i think there's uh i think there's i know enough people that you know uh don't think it was wrong uh and who uh, are parents who are parents yeah look or just no people... one's going to no say you know, I. I just, it's, not, it's weird to me that people would think that nowadays. It's so, it's so strange. But okay. There's, I mean, I just think of like the Russell Peters uh, stand up bit. And again, it's hard to. Yeah, but he's our age. A little younger, but okay. But the idea of, you know, someone's going to get a hurt real bad, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a lot of people in the audience that think that's very funny. Mm-hmm. And that, I just. 
ah, fuck it, you know? <laughs> but yeah, but they're they're not laughing at it. It's like, oh, we should go and do that. They're laughing at the situation he's in. They're like, oh, I remember when it, that's what it was like. And maybe, you know, it's a laughter of recognition. Yeah, you know? maybe. Or maybe it's, you know, people today are too... Uh, are too uh, uptight and woke and whatever. <laughs> and, you know, we should go back to the old days when, you know, there was control over these crazy kids. And, uh, you know, the, maybe the old ways are the, are the, are the good ways, you know? Again, I, I guess I've, there's people who talk like that, but I, I don't think that's like a popular viewpoint. I, know, I think it feels, it feels, and again, I'm trying not to generalize groups, but let me just go with this. Just go to fucking Northern BC, man. And like, uh, you know, if you were to ask, like, how many of your parents, like, uh, hit you? And I'll, I'm going to say, okay, the last time I did, like, a tour, like, that was about 25 years ago. So mm-hmm. this is a this is a while back. Yeah. But everyone, like, everyone, their parents sure. hit them, of course. Yeah, it's 25 fact, years ago. That was, a gen- that was one I generation yes. ago. Yeah, I would have said yes, too. 25 years ago. Yeah, if you asked me 25 years ago, did my parents hit me? No, 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 no. No, 25 years ago, I'm saying, like... Kids, kids like 25 years ago would say their parents hit you. So this is... Oh, you're talking to kids. Yeah, I'm talking to kids. Oh, I'm like sorry. I thought you were talking to like a, an audience of adults. No, no, no. I'm talking oh, okay. to like uh, kids in school. Oh, I see. And, you know, that was just a common thing. It was like, all, oh, yeah, their, their parents hit them when they were growing up. Mm. Of course they did. Mm-hmm. You know, listen, we're like, you know, rural community. Of course. Fuck, what are you talking about? You know, and the idea of like, you know, you don't hit your kids is real just like city slicker bullshit. You know, it's just like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Of course you do. Of course sure. you hit your kids. What are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, and again, that was that amount of time. And th- those kids, for the most part, were like early teenagers. So, you know, uh, we are going back a few years there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Do you think like, okay. Uh, yeah, we're going we're going long. Uh, <laughs> but like, do you think like uh, parents around you when you were raising your kids uh, hit their kids? No. No? So by that point, it was over. Well, Generally. here, here in the lower mainland, which is, if, you know, if we're going to make a separation between us and, and the great unwashed in the northern BC, then I don't know, I maybe don't know. there's happening. The great there. unwashed. I'm just like, joking. Yeah. <laughs> Prince Rupert. Um, okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, it wasn't the common at all. That's why, that's why I kind of go, oh, that's interesting. Because okay. yeah, I, like, I didn't see it as a, as a, as a, you know, as a dad I'd be growing I'd up. I'd be curious. I would be, uh, I'd be curious to like ask, uh, you know, like high school kids now, mm-hmm. if, you know, so how many, you know, with just in a, in an environment that you feel safe to say, how yeah. many of you like had physical discipline when you were, yeah. you know, a kid, yeah. I'd be, I'd be curious. And if, if the case was, it's like, you know, I, I know people don't say it anymore, yeah. but I'm hoping, you know, I'm sure there's the odd person who who you know around the here trick, who would the do trick it, is here's the thing i don't if, think it's a majority if you thing, were though. if you were hit as a kid yeah. it's very hard to break the cycle and like when you have a kid then that that becomes you've got to like actively not like your 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 way of dealing with things or the thing you have been conditioned i believe to to do is yeah, this is it's it's in your head. It's there. It's like it's deep. It's in your, you know, DNA. Uh, and you know, as as much as people saying like you know it's the wrong thing to do, but like there's something there. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. But yeah, that the song was uh, Luden Wainwright's "Hitting You." <laughs> Loudon. I don't know. Uh, Loudon. I don't know who uh, who requested it, but uh, it's going out to you today. There we go. <laughs>
I requested it. All right, cool. All right, let's go to our next song. So this is this that was the last song was a painful song, obviously. So I just thought we'd throw in a, a celebrate. I had sure. a kid song. This is like I have a kid, and you're gonna be great. That's what this song is about. This is uh, Slater Kinney or Slater Kinney. Slater Kinney, I've heard from close by from Olympia, Washington. Mm-hmm. Olympia, Washington, which is. Named after uh, uh, Mount Olympus? It's the state capital of Washington. And there's a road there called Slater-Kinney Road. And when you drive down, if you go past Olympia, when you drive past it, you will see a uh, sign that says Slater-Kinney Road. It's an interstate uh, exit. So um, let's listen to the song. This is uh, Lions and Tigers. Uh, It's not on the album. If you bought the album that had the extra bonus disc with it, like I did... Then you got this song with the album. This is uh, Lions and Tigers from One Beat that came out in 2002. Here we go, everybody.
All right, and we're back. Alex Slater Kinsey, uh, Kinsey, uh, Kinney. <laughs> I can't get the name the right. Slater Kinsey scale. Uh, but they are. Uh, that was my favorite song of the bunch. Like, oh yeah, it's it's fun. Yeah, it. I really like the uh, instrumentation of that song. And uh, there you go. And if you're a person who likes Portlandia, mm-hmm. Carrie, Carrie, uh, what is it? Gold, Goldstein. Oh, Gold? this is. A I can't remember her name now. Carrie something. I know. I know you object to Portlandia on principle. <laughs> yes, but this song was written by um, by Corinne. Oh, now I can't remember her last name. Damn it. Carrie Brownstein. Carrie Brownstein, I'm sorry. And then Corinne Tucker, I think her name is, is the, she wrote the song. The, the, uh, she's the uh, vocalist, guitarist in the group. Very nice. And sort of main songwriter. I'm glad I... And so I had a bonus song. I threw this on. What? I threw this on because I, um, I don't know. It's not really... When A... <laughs> a, I already played the song on Sneaky Dragon. There's a Dragon. lot of backpedaling going on right now. I played the song on Sneaky Hope Dragon. You don't get your pants caught in the chain. And one of my rules is that I don't like to play songs I already played on Sneaky Dragon Listening Party, but I love the song so much. And then it also breaks the rules because it's written, the musician's writing about her friend's daughter. But I just like the song so much that I had to play it again. So this is Window by Judy Kelly mm-hmm. from her 1974 album, which is also called Window. So let's give a listen to this song. Here we go. When we marry, we want a house with a garden bright. Cozy in the country where the stars at night shine for me. And the bedroom windows a path we share. of her age Children grow so quickly and they're gone Soon they'll all be going on their own And the front bay windows a light to hold Where there's a place for them they've always known And the house is ours now, we're alone It's seen the seasons pass us and return all our life Together form the pains That fill the window of our days a very sweet song it was not necessarily for me it was not to my taste but i did uh, oh, think it was very sweet this song kills me very nice this song ma- literally makes me cry oh that's nice because well, why don't you cry now <laughs> i am gonna start to tear up if i start thinking about oh, it good, good. because it's about i don't know okay so this song was obviously done by people who were young the, her friends were getting married and so she wrote this song for them to sing at their wedding yeah and they were already like they already had a kid who was you know kind of growing up so 
and then they got married. And so this song is about them getting married, buying a house, and then it kind of describes life passing through the window of this house. And but in the song itself, you know, it's talking about their daughter, whose name is Dawn in the in the song. The daughter Dawn, like growing up and then eventually moving out. And uh, that just kills me because I I so enjoyed my life as a father. Oh, uh, with kids in the house. Whether they were little girls or teenagers or young adults, it just made my life. Aww. And so, yeah, this song makes me cry. Anyway, Yay. so when I was listening to it, I was like, well, should I put this song on? I was listening to it and I just started like weeping. And I was like, oh, yes, I'm going to put it on anyway. So if you had children and this song speaks to you, I hope you enjoyed it and hope you didn't cry like I do, like a big baby, which is still fresh to me. I don't know. The girls have been out of the house for like two years, but yeah, it's and still. Once again, watch the new one on Netflix. For and of course more discussion on that topic we were we were uh yeah let's see that's the thing like i was i mean i didn't want to have kids as a dumb 20 year old boy like i didn't want to have ch- children at all you know like having mary was like a complete accident that was not like a planned event that yeah. was just like what happened okay somehow my body regenerated and suddenly i was able to have kids when i wasn't able to yeah. like a week before and so yes we had mary and i was like this is I don't know what's going to happen. You know, I'm sort of excited, maybe looking forward to this. I don't know what what it's going to be like. And then when it happened, I was like, this is the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Like, I can't believe, you know. And uh, yeah. So like on Sunday, we went and saw Glass Onion as a family. Right. I bought tickets like a month before it it opened. Because Mary was like, we have to go see this movie in the theaters. Because it's only going to play in theaters for a week. So I uh, got tickets for it. And then we went out for dinner afterwards. It was for Eve's birthday as well. It was her birthday on Sunday. And, uh, You're also fond of Eve. I love them both. Okay, yeah, good. I love them both. But who's your favorite? I think if you talk to the girls, <laughs> no, I'm serious. I think yeah. if you ask them, yeah, they would say that I didn't. There was no favorites. Like that, I played pretty, pretty evenly nice. in attention and how much I, you know, dedicated to both of them. To be honest, Mary got three more years than Eve. Eve did. It still, still does. Always will. Yeah, she had three years. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess. Mary got three three years more attention than Eve did, but right. uh, other than that, other than that time when I was really paying a lot of attention to Mary, right, undivided attention, right. Other than that, um, but only because Eve didn't exist. Well, that's the thing. Yes, once Eve came into the picture, she 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 existed. Then. Not only did she exist, and not only did she deserve her share of attention, she also, as a young baby, cannily learned very early on how. To get more attention yeah, from your parents. Yeah, survival skills yes, there for the second child. That sure. second child's ability to Eve can read a person like a book. You know, she <laughs> knows how to she knows how to play you like a fiddle. So and yet she can't read a book, which is very strange. That is true. She's she not treats a, books like people. She's not a big she's not a big reader of books. That's oh, true. is that right? Yeah, she, interesting. I think because Mary it was Mary it had such a facility to read. Like Mary was reading, literally reading Harry Potter when she was in grade two. Eve struggled with reading a lot longer than and so i think she's always looked at it as something that i can't do okay and so she doesn't enjoy it she can read she can she can but it's just not for her. it's not her thing the way it is for her two parents and one sister who like live in books i'm wondering if uh, my sister's a reader not sure hmm. yeah no yeah well, well we've named her so there we go oh sorry okay <laughs> i can bleep that if you want no that's fine that's fine uh Going to go now to the world of letters. Speaking of reading. Because you have two sisters. I'm sorry. Maybe I should have said. I do. That's right. Your older sister? Or your, yeah. yeah. Well, she's not my older sister, but the yeah, older that's the thing. of the two sisters. The older of the two sisters. Yeah. Yeah. yeah as we've established. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, she's smart. Smart as attack. Yeah. Um, 
But my brother's smart is attack. That's not uh, smart. But Sharp my, is attack. My brother's really smart too, but he doesn't enjoy reading at all because he's like he's a kinetic learner. He learns by touching and doing. That's right. how he learns. He's a psychic. He'll uh, touch a book and tell you uh, who read <laughs> it and how they died. Okay, I meant by touch, but okay. All right, very good. Uh, Are we going to do letters now? Yeah. Okay. Is that okay? Hmm. So last week on the show, we uh, we got two letters, so it's not, uh, not a long time. Uh, we asked, what's your favorite egg dish? It's a busy time of year and for people. And boy, that just killed the room. <laughs> and then have you ever traveled on impulse? Where did you go? So here's what we got. We got a letter from our friend Louise. Uh, who wrote, my favorite egg dish is Eggs Benedict. When I worked in Halifax, I'd order it at a restaurant where they made it with puff pastry instead of English muffins. Mmm, flaky. That does sound good. I'm trying to remember if I ever went uh, with her to that restaurant. I think I did. About your discussion on shares and movie roles. We did do that. We did talk about shares and movie we roles. This week I happened to read a line of dialogue in a novel that went, on a scale of one to Silkwood, how badly do you need to shower after that conversation? I thought, gee, that's a pretty dated reference for a 20-something <laughs> character to say in a novel that takes place in 2021. Yeah. And then they mentioned Moonstruck. Then Mermaids. Then I remembered the book is set in the New York burlesque community, so it made perfect sense. I guess so. The book is yet another modern adaptation of a Jane Austen novel. Mm. I wonder if she would have been in support of Pride or whether she would have been prejudiced <laughs> against its non-binary characters. I think prejudice would have been the word for it. That's a, that's a great video of the Rumba Couple. Well, those are Rumba Couple from The Thin Man uh, that we put up there on the, on the page. Your eye is mostly drawn to the man with his amazing pivoting spins, but the woman is uh, really doing some impressive partnering. She makes it look like she's barely doing any work at all, but it takes a lot of core strength to turn so smoothly. Backwards in high heels really applies here. <laughs> then we're moving on to a letter from our friend Edward Dragansky. It is not a letters page without Edward's contributions. It's not. Here we go. I'm not sure what would win uh, as a favorite egg dish with me. I feel like I've only scratched the surface when it comes to the many ways to prepare them. I grew up eating fried eggs over easy uh, where you could dip your hash browns on the runny yolk. I still love it to this day. Susan showed me a trick where you add a little water to the pan while frying an egg right after it starts to fry. Then you cover the pan with a lid for about a minute or two and steam the egg. This keeps the yolk from getting overcooked and you get a runny center every time. I do that and that is a good tip. Huh. When I'm in Chicago, yeah, you can get a pepper <laughs> and egg sandwich almost anywhere. Uh, you can order Italian beef sandwiches any time of day. It's simply bell peppers and onions cooked with scrambled eggs and black pepper served on a hero roll. There's a few variations on the recipe. That but sounds great. Yeah. But it's simply eggs and peppers cooked and served on a roll. The significance was that you could eat these on Fridays during Lent, but it turned out, uh, but it turned into a year-round food staple over the years at most beef stands. Wow. And they got a little example there that uh, he has put up. Uh, you can watch a video about that. <laughs> I still need to explore many of the ways to eat eggs. Being a diabetic, I can have uh, as many as I want. I may need to venture out and try some new and different variations. I've never traveled anywhere. Uh, have you tried Eggs Dedrick? <laughs> we got a video. Check it out. I've never traveled anywhere far on a whim or impulsively. The closest I've gotten to this was when I was growing up in Mesquite and I would disappear all day on my bike. I'd cycle places I'd never been in the country and into other towns, just seeing where this road or that way would take me. I found some great places that way, as well as hours of solitude way out in the middle of nowhere on some days. I just had to account for the time it would take me to return home and hopefully not get lost. 
Uh, Susan has been watching a show called The Murdoch Mysteries. Mm-hmm. I think that's Canadian. Uh, oh, it is. A detective in the 19, 1890s who uses what would have been state-of-the-art techniques to solve murders back then. She said, oh, there we go. She said uh, the show takes place in Toronto, Canada. Uh, is The Murdoch Mysteries a popular show up there? Kinda. Yes, it is. Kinda. It is. It's been on the been on the air for like 20 years. It is true. It's kind of. Uh, I'm sure you guys know all about it. Ian probably walked across the street from the worked across the street from the studio or something. No, it was uh, I was not in Toronto. Right that yeah, it's Toronto. Yeah, I'm off to find some eggs uh, now. Writing uh, you guys makes me hungry. Adieu, sneakers everywhere. Goodbye. I've been uh, I've been making. I thought poached eggs were super hard to make. I've been making poached eggs. And, uh, you just have to let the water calm down before you put the egg in. Let it calm down. You're not wrong. Yeah. I also have one of those uh, kind of. Uh, uh, scoopy web a kind slotted of spoon no it's not a slotted spoon no. it's like a scoopy kind of web thing for uh, for usually deep frying for the most part okay and I use that uh, to uh, scoop up the egg I see usually that works out pretty oh, okay. well put that on a little paper towel uh, oh really I just put up. it on the toast right dry away dry it dry well because you get the water <laughs> then it drips eh. drips out makes it a little soggy I don't like soggy things that's true so uh, there you go you know what I have been making a lot of though is uh, bread been making a lot of no need bread uh, almost every day and uh, so simple and so good so cool. I would recommend uh, look up Noni bread and uh, make that it's good and then put some egg on it <laughs> egg is good do we have a question for next week should you hit your chill no um... <laughs> and should you laugh while doing it <laughs> maniacally yeah. um, how about this question <laughs> no that's a silly question I got one which is a uh, uh, winter's coming, at least to those of you who oh are gosh. in uh, the uh, hemisphere that so is cold. winter. I got, we got Australian listeners. So I'm going to say, uh, I got to split this question. Uh, what do you like doing in the wintertime? What's your favorite wintertime activity? Uh, and those of you that are in Australia and such, what's your favorite summertime activity that you're doing that's like, hey, it's summer's here. I'm going to do this. So uh, if it's winter, here, where it's sensible, because it's winter. It should be snowing. And, you know, oh, you live in crazy Australia. Uh, what do you, what do you, what do you like doing this season? What's your, like, oh, it's finally time to ah, do this? Huh. What's your question? Oh, why, is, why do I have to have a question? What's your least favorite egg dish? <laughs> that's a good idea. Drinking them Rocky Flip style. It. Flip it. Oh, yeah, that's. Well. Have you ever drank a raw egg? Yeah. I have not. I also have raw eggs when um, at a sushi restaurant. I'll have like a raw quail egg on uh, some tobiko, and I quite like that. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I also have a raw egg on um, a steak tartare. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I know. It's like raw ground beef. <laughs> Wait a second. Hold up. How about? And like, yeah, that's good. How about if we add? Okay, question. Yeah, well, I've got you here. How about uh, this raw egg on top? Question. My question of the week is, what is your favorite Christmas album? Oh, favorite Christmas. I like it. Favorite Christmas album. Are you going to say maybe, uh, what was, no, it wasn't. That wasn't a Christmas album. No, forget what I said. I was saying nothing. <laughs> I was thinking the Bob and Doug McKenzie album was a Christmas album, but because I think it had a 12 Days of Christmas but on it. But it did, but it wasn't really a Christmas album. Yeah. The rest of it was not Christmas songs. Had a Christmas song on it. has to be an album of Christmas songs recorded by an artist. Very good. Christmas album, then what do you like? Uh, or holiday album? We'll take a we'll take a Hanukkah album. We'll take whatever you want sure. for a holiday. And 
And then uh, what do you like doing this season, whether it's uh, winter or summer? Here's how you contact us uh, at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. That's our email. We got a page uh, on Facebook. We still, we're still on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> Sneaky Dragon. We're also on Twitter. I know, right? It still exists. At Sneaky underscore Dragon. We're also on Tumblr. I know, right? It still exists. This is how old our show is that we're, we have a Tumblr account. SneakyDragon.tumblr.com. And you can go to our webpage, which is SneakyDragon.com. And we have all our episodes there. And if you uh, go underneath each episode, uh, there's a message board. And you can post things there. So there you go. Do that. And we would love to hear from you. Anything else, my friend? No, I think I've said all I have to say. I've defended spanking capital yep. punishment and uh assisted dying this yeah. week so if you uh, yeah if we don't have spanking where are the uh, next generation <laughs> of fetishes going to come from <laughs> it's just going to be people like getting mean tweets uh yelled at them uh, oh. from dominatrixes yes i love that i mean uh, i've heard about that oh very good uh i've been ian i've been david this has been sneaky dragon and as always we apologize for the previous episode at the beginning of the show. <laughs>